0: grapple Spotlights. i'm better and i'm jp just the two of us this week jp just left uh, Matt yeah. in the pre-show we were catching about our uh, our day out in uh, in wigan yesterday just polling our patrons on uh on what potential dave batista films uh, we might do for uh for grapple film or mm-hmm. busy stuff you can get over to the patreon.com grapple but yeah how do i find you uh, here on this uh on this monday night mate
1: i it's been a ma- it's been a I've had a lovely weekend, but a mad weekend. My sister's been over; the one who lives in the states. She's been over visiting loads of families. So got to spend some time with her uh, as well this weekend, which was which was really lush. Mm. So, and yeah, and then cramming in an absolutely ridiculous amount of wrestling today. But <laughs> I think I did, think,
0: ex- um, did explain to her when you needed to escape to record a podcast was well, oh no, that was Sati, wasn't it? You were no, She wasn't there. Yes, that was fine.
1: And then again, to, just to stress, when a nine-year-old asked me for a screwdriver, I did not give him said <laughs> screwdriver. I sorted out the batteries myself once I finished recording. That was the much more sane and sensible thing to do. You're only asking for... yeah, you'll notice some of the, uh, you'll hear some of the sights and sounds, So just uh, the bon- bonus
0: well. audio you get at, uh, at Patreon.com/slash/slash uh, Grapple. Um. I was gonna say I'm fucking knackered. Like this weekend, like spent was out all day drinking oh. with Matt and that yesterday, which you'll hear a bit about more about later when it uh, comes to the uh, the Grand Pro show. As we uh, went round there, uh, some of my old haunts, like legitimate ones this time, and um, not just the uh, the ones you make up on the uh, on the weekend show. And then yes, yeah, Saturday we were recording the uh, the five to one as well. Mm. Good to get all the feedback today. There's a free video up on the. Uh, YouTube, where I uh, give away my uh, my five to one, my top five uh, wrestling video games. The funny thing was, we were like, we're too old to do like a full three hour like epic on wrestling video games like counting down our top five because all of our five are going to be old so we're like we'll do like 20 minutes on our favorite games from our youth and then we'll we'll spend the bulk of the show looking at the uh top five wrestling heels which we still did but then it turned out the wrestling game chat went at least an hour and we probably could have gone another half hour you and gareth <laughs> were talking spectrums and amigas and i was given a given the full loving for the uh, the n64 you know we covered a lot of ground on that one we may we may be casuals with it but you know this uh uh, this fight forever releases kind of you know ignited the spark in all of us
1: i think it has and i think the the fact that you managed to get um uh gareth to be looking at n64s on ebay
0: during i want to believe show, you'll buy one
1: oh i think he absolutely will i think you've sold me on it i want a chipped one though because <laughs> i want to be playing virtual Virtua pro 2 yeah like that just after you was completely sold me on that and i was like why didn't I get one of
0: these? Virtual like, Pro Wrestling me... 2. I think Virtual Pro 2 yes. was a footy game, wasn't it? Didn't that exist? It... Oh, yes, it is. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think there was that. I think I remember getting that one, one Christmas or was it Action Sucker or something like that. It was one of the black ones anyway. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, like... I. I, I was telling you like I've got such love for that N64 period that like I wasn't even doing a bit when I named me top five wrestling games and they were all on the N64. Like there's, I said to you, so there's communities now. Who, like up until the release of the AW game, are out there like reskinning still, like creating like the AW roster, hacking the game to put moves in. But it was going on even back in the mid 2000s, like up until a couple of years ago, right? Until they took the ROH message board down, I'd written like a how-to guide. Not that I really know what I'm doing. But how to hack you no, know, how you get like textures and stuff to hack no mercy. And the mm. plugins you need to on PC only, obviously, with like a ROM because there used to be an ROH versus TNA mod that was frighteningly accurate. You know, as far as like the wrestlers probably look better on that than they do on Fight Forever, but like it had all the moves added and Canadian Destroys and stuff like that. And up until a few years ago, I used to still get because I put my email address on it like an idiot going, If anyone needs any help, email me for uh, for advice, and I'd still get emails about that. That's how popular it was because that's how much people were fucking you know wanting to continue to, to play that game, um, down the years and do it but yeah like connor says yeah get a steam deck and emulator that's the that's it yes that, that could be on the uh, on the old shop yeah. i don't know there's something different about it though i think playing those games with your mates like that's my main memory because you were bringing up how you did have like an n64 as a kid but for me it's the some of the best memories of your life being like you know between like must have been like 10 and like 13 and like anytime the, the three other lads in a, in my street who had n64s anytime like one of our parents to go shopping or something like that we would be straight in whoever's else it was playing four player Goldeneye or later on perfect dark or or the uh, the no mercy games revenge all of them as well it was just bringing back all of that stuff it's so tied to like that kind of period in, in my life
1: Oh, mate, I, I absolutely loved it. I mean, I love the video that you put up about it, but, I mean, it, it did give me just the massive t- pangs of regret of not buying an N64, because it just felt like it was the console designed for wrestling at that particular point in time. And it was in the way that wrestling games kind of fell behind where video games have gotten. Mm. Like, it feels like at that point, that's where they kind of, like, pretty much fell behind. But that... In terms of that modding community, I mean, you think about how passionate wrestling communities are. in oh, a number man. of ways. That modding community as well. And this is, when we talk about Fight Forever, this is the thing that they need to embrace more than anything else. They need to make this game so adaptable.
0: Because we're all, that's it, we're all there. It's like it's that old uh, fan who's like, you know, been playing for years and knows what... The good games were and knows what the bad games were because like there's been a massive chat on our uh, on our discord today about like you know people's memories of mm. you know the diff i think people's like lifespan of the different consoles they got as o- always makes interest to read like i was going through the fact that you know i got a master system instead of a mega drive for christmas which uh you know still hurts me to, to this day until a year later when i got me mega drive then i had the playstation what, what no then i had an n64 then i had the playstation one and then i just pretty much stopped <laughs> like i got a 360 at one point because i wanted 2k13 and uh and punk was on the cover but like everyone's coming out the woodwork like telling these memories like the the other thing that that like the feedback reminded me of was like we could have absolutely done another two hours on worse wrestling games (laughs) because like until those 64 games came out and in the years since there's so much shite. It's probably there's probably a strong tie as to why I stopped being much of a gamer when like the wrestling games became, you know, just the SmackDown series. And I know everyone loves, you know, Here Comes the Pains, one that a lot of our, like, our patrons fed back with. And some of those early TK, 2K games, 2K13 and the most recent one, um, gets a lot of positive feedback, mm. but yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely a direct correlation there because I I spent most of my youth playing fucking shit wrestling games, you know, like Raw on the on the uh, on the Mega Drive and like that Royal. I think you you, you were you were like a, a nostalgia for like the Royal Rumble one. I think there was like a Survivor Series one. There was like We talked about WrestleMania, the arcade game. Remember how fucking crap oh, yeah. that was? Warzone and Attitudes. There's like a laundry list of absolute shite that came up we yep. with kids that so, like wrestling was that you could do a full podcast just on that.
1: And that's the thing that ends up turning you off for future games. If you hear it's mm. going to be any good whatsoever, I'm just like, yeah, I'm really skeptical. And there's a lot of games that I wanted to be good. Like I really wanted the Impact game to be good. So oh, well, that'd that. be like really X-Division good.
0: Division mode, people will always defend mm. that. At least it had that, that little bit of um, you know creativity in it that you could uh, you could. Yeah, mm. there was that. I mean, the ECW
1: game is one of the just the laziest game because mm. it's just new skins. What is it on Warzone? That's and right, it's yeah. just, just like. A bare bones version of that as well, whereas you know mm. we we'll talk about it, you know, in terms of Fight Forever, that game, like in terms of the the game, the, the updated Aki engine, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that, people
0: reminded me of that because I was talking about that, like it died, and it was like, oh no, there was the you know the Day of Reckoning, couple of games that came out on the GameCube, which I only played like years later. Like one thing we didn't cover, like obviously they used that engine, didn't they, for um, for the Def Jam games, which like yeah. more than one listener's come back and gone, surely. Surely that was right up your street, Benno. But it never was, because it was like... I love the the Wu-Tang Clan. I loved, you know, me 90s rappers. Like, absolutely. And I love wrestling. And a crossover sounds like it'd be perfect for me. But it just... It was wrong, because it was like... It was the No Mercy engine. But you're in a street instead of a ring. And, like, you know, Method Man can pull out a hammer or something like that. or Whatever his weapon was. was Similar to those Wu-Tang... The Wu-Tang games themselves that someone else brought up as well. Like, you know, it was just... You know, that crossover wasn't what I wanted. You know what I mean? I wanted that engine to be used mm. to do the realistic things you could do in No Mercy and doing revenge and stuff like that. That's kind of what I was a, a screaming out for. Not like this. Yeah, this weird game where like the the engine had just been like just attached to it, really, just to do a generic fighting game with with rappers in it. I don't. Did you ever play those ones? Did you ever? Did you ever? Uh, I never did. Some... Mm.
1: To be honest, I think the only way a Wu Tang game really realistic is if it was just like Ghost Dog way of the Samurai, the game. I think at that soundtrack? point, I had oh, an incredible soundtrack for that one. Just like Jim Jarmusch as well. Like Just Forrest Whitaker, as you one. haven't really seen him before. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I never played it like mm-hmm. Def Jam Vendetta, wasn't it? It, it just <clears throat> it didn't have the appeal for me because, again, it just it was, it was just like a weird crossover. Mm-hmm. But it's not like it had like it was so over-the-top and cartoonish and kind of that funny. That was the thing. Where the, the, if it was Battle Raps Gone Wild, then mm-hmm. that would be a much better way of
0: pitching it. The people who loved it really loved it, and like I said, Chris is in the chat saying there it was it was fun to play. But I don't know, maybe maybe it's just a me thing, you know? Because it's like you we people bring it up like other ones like that were after our time, like you know, the backyard wrestling games. They were hilarious, just oh, yeah. uh, pure existence. New Jack um, being in the game and stuff like that, like it just being a you know a hodgepodge of like Madman Pondo and rando guys like that. But you could also go like a, a TV star like a New Jack. I think Tommy Dreamer might have been in it as well. I'm not a hundred percent, or like. Will was bringing up that WWE All Stars game. Do you remember that one that was like mm. more arcade Like you could go like Savage, yeah. and Logan, and Warrior, but they were like, you know, five times as jacked, which takes a lot when one of the characters is the ultimate warrior, but like, you know, and they do like stupid things, like you do a pile driver, but you basically jump as high as the fucking arena sky and then land. You know, it was a lot of that. You know, a lot of that it was just never quite what we actually wanted. You know what I mean? It was like, it was fun to pick up and play, but. Nah, you know I, I I I I am that old man who was like, no, if it's not no mercy, it's fucking shit. Which kind of brings us onto our first subject, doesn't it? I know, yes. If you want to hear more about that, those retro games and stuff. You know, Patreon slash grapple. We went into, you know, even more uh, detail on there and went through our uh, our own personal uh, five favours. That's a that's a flavor of that chap. But the reason we did it is it, it informs like mm. most of our kind of disdain for i think the the wwe series of games and like i say you know there's been improvements in the 2k series but it's it's never really been for me and that was the open goal that the ad would fight forever isn't it like that was the you know okay cool we can uh you know like with it, same business plan as AEW, AEW exists because wwe is the number one and i always say this about like AEW, or more about wwe like this wouldn't happen in any other sport because there's no other sport. Matty's gone now, and I can say it. Where the top level in that sport, and for for better or worse, for my analogy at least, WWE is like the Premier League, isn't it, of, of wrestling? You know, as yeah. far as being the the brand that everyone knows and the biggest and the richest and and the whatever. But like, because wrestling's a work, it can be that number one, but also be actually quite shit, and also like be the you know the thing that we we all moan about as 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 not being good. So wrestling, wrestling, I think's like uniquely placed there. You know, you've had competitors. You know, the XFL trying in the NFL. I think Ice Cube's trying something in the NBA, isn't he? But like in wrestling, and I suppose combat sports are kind of the same as well, although that UFC brands are similar things to do with the B. You can come in and be like, no, we're going to super serve those fans who want that second alternative. And there can be so many of those people that you can draw nearly a million people on Wednesdays and do a demo number that's relatively comparative to to WWE. That's always been the AEW business plan. It's never been to be number one. It's to be that really successful number two because wrestling is a unique space where you can absolutely do that. And it's kind of the same thing with the wrestling games, isn't it? Where like, yeah, you could you could come mm. in and be like, okay, yeah, those those series exist, but there's all these fans who've done nothing but moan about their existence for a couple of decades now, and people like move going, oh what, no mercy, and they're trying at least to deliver us that, aren't we? That's the that's what they're trying to do. Mm. We even went down to like they're their wasn't their release schedule? They were tr- they were trying to bring it out around. I think I. Uh, on their post wrestling, they had an interview. I can't remember his name. It was a, a game reviewer, and he was saying, like, oh, yeah, the original plan was there was a big break, wasn't there? Because the TK, 2K series were, you know, moving to a new engine and there was going to be a big break between their two games coming out. So AEW were planning on releasing right in the middle of that window because what a great opportunity to get those fans who were pissed off at the, the state of the 2K games and they can step in and like mop up, you know, those fans and, and take their money. That was the plan, at least, Davey. <laughs> yes, that was that was the plan. I think there
1: several big things from it because you speak about AEW going into the space. If it's not for this game, they're profitable. Now they will be because of collision and other factors and, and that coming in. But I think in terms of this game space, it very much is because they've they've. It feels like with the gameplay, they've kind of sated the need of actually they've got a very good idea of what a good playable wrestling game should kind of be with, they're not with kick out issues, notwithstanding, which is a big deal in wrestling. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. And I can see what you mean by it. However, the other things around it are kind of very bare bones and that's being polite probably. And it feels like, and that's the thing that the 2k environment can give you. And it, embraces that modding but then wwe aren't producing the video game off their own backs as well because it's part obviously it's licensed to the 2k team who are going to end up who end up making the games for them so in a a sense it's it's like in that constant churn of production and and that's the thing about the game is it's like I i was thinking to myself this could be great in two years and it's not through like updating the game it's through adding on what all the potential of this could be and the kind of online environment could be because I think it's it's almost it it fulfills the needs of to link it back to you on the N64 if you'd had this on the N64 you would have gone absolutely batshit because it would have been absolutely phenomenal for that and you wouldn't have been worried about the lack of kind of online features because it wasn't as much of a thing and you would have kind of just been happy with what it was but it's just like well things have moved on so much you need those kind of aspects. And it's fun for me to give Sting's Rio's music and make mm-hmm. him impersonate Jade Cargill in his entrance. I won't lie, it's a good laugh, and I'll probably record it at some point. Um, I don't know why I put Rio's music on it. It is like water torture as well. And I've heard it more than once. I'm just a masochist. Yeah, some
0: of the uh, the rap songs in the main uh, the main screen, so I'm just a bit like, they're already off my playlist, let's just say that. Um, yeah. <laughs>
1: What I'd give to add to that playlist from my Spotify, mm. but that's yeah, and 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 that's the thing. Those things are very bare bones, mm. and it is that's kind of where a lot of the fun comes in. Like, create a wrestler is like the obvious one on that. That's the thing where you what, like the potential for it for DLC packs, adding on new wrestlers. This stadium stampede thing looks potentially quite good. Like, but these are all things. Like, you need to expand that universe quite massively. Like, you want to have DLC packs of New Japan wrestlers. Mm. Like, that'd be a thing. I'm sure New Japan wouldn't have an issue with it.
0: But that's the biggest thing for me. It's like you watch... Yes. It's so dated. You watch Collision or... So, like, I'll set our patrons, though, because we mentioned it briefly on the weekend show last week and we've been talking about it in our Discord. I've had the game for about a month now. Uh, Maybe just... Just shy of a month, um, playing like a you know a demo slash test copy before it came out, or a you know a review copy, and like i mean first off when i first loaded it we could only go uh, kenny omega and shida so like that was <laughs> that was how early we got it and eventually there was an update like very quickly where there were more you know characters should go and stuff but it was like oh fucking hell <laughs> all right is this game not ready like is there is there i was hopeful mm-hmm. i was like well maybe it means there's going to be updates coming to the roster and stuff like that and the the obvious thing you have to say you know at, at the at the top is is outdated that is like you know the fact that jericho is still there and is in neck of chief and you know Everyone does look a bit pandemic era AEW. Everyone's in their 2019slash 2020 kind of look, you know. Or you've got like, you know, Hobbs is still in Team Taz with Ricky Starks, and you know, you play the career modes, and MJF is, it, is still knocking around with Wardlow. There's so many things like that <clears> where <throat> you get excited watching AEW TV and go, I want to do that. I want to play that. And then you realise you can't because, like, let's say Joe's not in the game or, like I say, or, or the guys who are in the game are, are incredibly dated for what they are. So you're already not getting that experience. So what you want is, like, a, you know, something that's pick up and play and, you know, for, for lack of a better, better better word, is that, like, that No Mercy style that, that we wanted. And when I was in the early days of playing it and, like, filling kind of you guys in as on the Discord as I went to how I was getting on, that was my first impression. It was like it's... It, the controls are no mercy. But it's also a little bit our with KD, like the SmackDown games. But overwhelmingly, I was positive. I was like, you know what? Despite those issues with you know the age roster and a lot of those things, the actual gameplay of it is kind of what I want. And I, was, and I was having a lot of fun being like, you know orange cassidy and doing all, all the things like the detail in the individual characters despite them being dated is amazing like you go to darby allen and it's so much fun to figure out oh i can do a coffin drop off like he off the guardrail oh i can do it from this situation as well i can do it from that situation as well the amount of little detail they put into all those characters is so much fun and you get so into it and i was just massively massively like you know saying oh, i'm loving digging into these move sets i'm loving like being these characters i was dead positive and that was day one and then day two i was like you know what guys <laughs> I, might I don't want to get everyone too excited because i almost feel like i've already run out of things to do <laughs> because it was like yes there's 50 odd wrestlers in the game and oh it's cool i could get you know i could go cody Rhodes right away you know i love that again speaks to the dated nature of the game but you know once i downloaded him and i like within like three days i played through the entire career mode because it only runs a year and there's only four pay-per-views and unless you're really massively asked about going to the gym and eating food and doing those repetitive cutscenes, you're kind of done with that really quickly and like you said it's a bit Bit bare bones when it comes to just the yeah the basic things you can do you can have a so again i had this before multiplayer was available so i think you know that was gonna inevitably change my mind but without it it was like okay we can have a one-on-one match that's cool we can have an exploding barbed wire match like the, the way they do it the explosion and stuff really cool But well, you know it goes off 90 seconds into the match and after a while the novelty wears off i can have a ladder match ladder match or i can have a glitchy casino battle royal and then i was literally in our, in our discord going yeah don't really want to pick this up today <laughs> it's like day four or day five i was like i ah, don't know really what else i can do in this game as much of fun as i had in those first 24 hours and that just absolutely speaks to your point
1: yeah and, and uh, there are like and there are lots of criticisms to level against it, and i think chris here in the chat kind of really nails what might be the overriding problem with it which is And it's the thing about crunching, which is always a big issue in gaming. And it feels like they had a deadline in place. And you see this in Hollywood. You have a deadline in place. You put out a release date before you even have made it or even in the process, really. And it's just like, no, you're not. Now you're putting unnecessary pressure on yourself because it's like, you know, they'd already sunk about 20 odd million into this at last count. I'm assuming it's a lot more than that, if not possibly double. And the issue is with that, we're still at a point where it doesn't feel like it's kind of finished. And the problem is with games is that when they come out, like, and this is when I was looking at things like Metacritic, like what are the cricket critic aggregators? And of, of that, you look at, you want to be hitting up and around the eighties, certainly rather, you know, not like Rotten Tomatoes, just over there. It's like 64 on PS5, 68 on PC, but it's the same issues that, that people have, particularly in the user comments as well. So the issue is, is, is if the bad word comes out already, you can do all of these updates, but it doesn't make difference because that public perception is, this is a very bare bones game. And that's the thing almost in a way, as much as annoying as it would have been, they've been better off delaying it six months updating people. Like you spoke about how they updated on the N64, like for, um, was it revenge? Mm. Um, that they managed to update sting. From surface thing into crow oh, sting.
0: That was on uh, WCW versus the World on the place right, so right before it came out. Places. They just gave him a yucca yeah. paint, which you know it was easier to do in those days. And Hogan, it? you know, it was easy. Yeah, yeah, they gave him the black beard, and it was like you know. At least they did it. it. Yeah, I mean,
1: mm. multiple Jericho characters. You'd be like, ah, oh, fine, whatever. That's all right. Like that's just you know, just an added bonus.
0: You'd look like him. That's all you need to do. Like, that's what I don't understand. Or, or, you know, a big one for me, the massive one, I haven't even mm. mentioned it, when you first pick up the game and the person guarding you that's know, how to do all the moves, William Regal. And it's not even like he's in the game, it's just a, it's a voiceover and, like, a picture of him. Oh, Could they not have made that Taz? Or, like, bung Jim Ross a couple more quid to sound slightly more enthused and have him do that bit, although, based on the bits of comedy he does in the game, maybe that's a bad shout. But, you know, with, again you know i know back in the day on the n64 it was easier to give people four costumes will kind of was talking about that in our discord today so maybe i can understand you know doing the four different looks is harder than it seems in a modern game surely they could have done that (laughs) i just don't understand how that didn't get updated before it came out why is william regal all over the fucking game you know oh
1: while we're on voiceovers and that's a big issue as well when you get into the career mode because you get like odd people doing voiceovers and then it's just like mouthing along to subtitles for weird scenes where sting is very excited to join all elite wrestling and he goes <laughs> and he's wearing street clothes and stuff, but he's <laughs> like, and then you get, and then you get James Ross who my god, yep, the lack of effort. Yep. And we spoke about this, I think on the weekend, the lack of effort is shocking. Like it's, gen- it's appalling. It really is like kind of like bollock worthy. Like it's just like, no, you need to know. whoever was directing in there. It's went no, there's no effort. It's just, I'm going to read the words on the script and I'm going to do it in the most monotone voice possible with zero enthusiasm. And so you're a wrestling announcer who likes to tell other people exactly how wrestling should be announced. And here is an example where you're just not like
0: that. All to do, Then it, that on unre- that yeah. not non he's like oh it's only it's-, it's for this game i don't really care not realizing people are probably going to be playing this game for generations and there's going to be like you know i say that about you know those games back in the day the early smackdown games and like no mercy and stuff like that they made wrestling fans of people like you know yeah. it's, gonna, it's going to go out to a gigantic potential audience and he can't be asked yeah. and that's yeah that's a big part of it and it's like that you know the there's little modes in it is like you know the kenny omega clearly wasted his time developing you know whatever it is dancing with pentagon jr <laughs> all those little weird games I absolute not- shit Why well, i'd be wasting their time on that i hope it wasn't much time they spent on it um <laughs> if they just had it in the spring in the stadium stampede mm. thing that would be
1: so much better because mm. then you'd be all right that's the silly wacky side of AEW, and there's a great possible kind of moba game as well but yeah, I I had one look at those games and I went, I'm not wasting my time on this bollocks.
0: Yeah, I mean, how do you find the actual gameplay itself? Like, working because ma- I said a lot of negative there. What I, I do, the matches do feel like matches. That was my biggest compliment yes. of like virtual pro wrestling 2. Always felt like you're having a big puro epic. This feels mostly like you're having an AEW match. It's a little bit arcadey. The selling can be spotty, but mostly. It kind of works. You can have fun back and forth And um, you mentioned before the big negative is, you know, you have those fun back and forth and this is why I haven't really enjoyed playing online. Is like. Cause in my head, I'm 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 having a match and I'm working a match. I used I used to have that mentality when I play like revenge or virtual pro wrestling too. You know what I mean? You don't want to finish the match on like a, a drop toe hold or a sleeper. You want to hit your big move and you want to finish them. Or like I was having, I think I'd watched you know that that dynamite with Stinger going flying through the tables, and I was convinced I wanted to do. I wanted to go Sting and do a splash through a table and win the match that way. And I spent like 10 minutes trying to set it up. (laughs) And I kept walking into the table and knocking it over, which is a real irritant. And I finally got it up. Finally got whoever was... I think I was facing Darby maybe for some reason. Or maybe it was Jericho. Finally got him in place when a 40 reverse something... Did something benign, like a headlock takeover and pin me. And I was just like, (laughs) that's the... The gameplay, it feels like a match until those moments because it is, like you said at the top, so fucking hard to kick out. I can't get... It's not me because I'm seeing tweets everywhere of people having the same issue, but it's like literally no matter what I press, it's like the game has decided, all right, you're going to lose now. And you could literally... A a leaf could knock you over and you'd lose the match. And, like, I think it's because they spent a lot of time, like, there's detail in... You know your spirit and all of that, and how like your momentum goes, and certain wrestlers benefit from like flying. Certain wrestlers seem to benefit from like cheating more. Really intricate and really cool. So you get like a an idea of that on screen, but you don't actually get an overall health. So you never, you you just don't realize that like you're the walking wounded, you're about to die. You know, uh, a small passage is going to be the end of the match type of thing. It's just you've just missed that little element of it that would make at least the despite all these other criticisms would make. Let's go, but at the same time, yeah. the gameplay is fantastic and there's lots to build on. I think that's a we, massive glaring problem.
1: And that is, a, you're right with that because there are just times where I, I and I haven't had, I've played it nearly as much as you have, but there were just times where I was just like, "Oh right, I'm just getting beaten," and I didn't know why. Like when I was playing as Malachi Black, I was like, "Why is he not getting up off the ground?" Like he was in the, one of the battle royals. Or something. I was like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> What I would say to it, I suppose, is is that the those the problems that this game has are fixable. And some of them are cosmetic. Hmm. And they don't need to be, like, absolutely, um, I don't know, um, they don't need to be, they're not, like, kind of too over, like, they're not, like, massive issues that can't be fixed. Like, the majority of stuff, I think, with the game itself is you can do stuff with it, it's just that they shouldn't have really released it in this form.
0: That's, or charge like, 50 quid say, for it, that's the other thing. Yeah. yeah. Like, that was another one of my things. It's that- tax write-off
1: for us, in fairness, but, like, well. still the point
0: stands. <laughs> I knew there was a reason you'd got it. <laughs> yeah. but, but I that was, the, I'm I was no saying friend. that, I've got a free copy, for me, I had a free copy, I was like, I've got a free copy, folks, I'm not telling you you should spend 50 quid on it, I'm telling you I'm having a good time, mostly, until a few days in, but, like, yeah it's not a 50 pound game is it it's just not like no it isn't and you know connor says there about stadium stampede i think they are releasing that as a free download so that's good i'm glad they're not charging money for that because that does feel like it's gonna like that's You know, 30 people in a field and you're trying to beat them all sounds amazing. You know, I'm holding off too much praise because it's like, well... You know, because there's horses and fucking bazookas and stuff in there and stuff. And I don't really know 100% whether it's going to... It doesn't look like it's going to be the exact controls you get in a match. And I'm a little bit nervous about that. If it just turns Mm -hmm. out you can only punch and kick, I think that's going to be a bit disappointing. Um, But it looks looks like that's going to add something. To that. And I know when Kenny Omega's doing interviews and talking about it on Twitter, he's like, well, that's coming. That's coming. You know, you can download FTR soon. And he's, you know, because he's he's saying what you said then, you know, where there was a lot of things we wanted to do, but, you know, money-wise. And he's not passing the book. Well, he is a little bit.
1: He Well, he is. It's, it's like, but it's the cost of the games itself is is enormous. And for a company that's effectively a startup, we haven't reached year five yet. You know, at that stage, it's it's kind of I don't know. Like, there's they're only going to put a limited amount into this. If you had that billion dollar deal, then at that point, although I'm I get worried about that now. That might be a conversation we're having in in a little bit. But it's it's one of these things that you know I I want them to turn it around. I just feel like if you didn't waste time. Doing stupid fucking mini games, which are pointless, non-wrestling related. Yes, you might enjoy them when you play Final Fantasy. Great for you. It's not this game, though, is it? It's not wrestling. Spend your time on that. Because, like that like, there's all this love for the kind of like, virtue of pro wrestling, too, and the like. Yet, they didn't have Mitsuhara Misawa and, and Toshiaki Kawada having a dance-off did they (laughs) they didn't bother with that didn't do that shit did they no they cut down it was meat and potato stuff but they kind of got that bit right and that's in some ways it feels like they were sidetracked and it might be i remember the time there was the stories about oh kenny omega's not particularly happy and i thought i wonder if one of these games designers who don't really know him just went look can you fuck off (laughs) like you're asking me to add in stuff that's stupid Like, and there's a lot of stake I have to produce a wrestling game. I
0: feel like he's getting your hatred. I want to believe it's that. He's getting your hatred of the six man division now. It's like six man Kenny versus singles Kenny. Yeah. Maybe I, we don't know, dude. That's the thing. They put Kenny Omega in charge of this division, and we don't know if, like, just because he can play games, doesn't mean he knows what he's doing. But he might have been the one with all the good ideas. He might have been the one, like, this is the way a match goes, this is the way momentum swings, this is what someone would do in this position in the ring. We don't know. We don't know. But clearly, you know, know. let's blame the young bucks. They were probably around. They're always the bad influence with uh, with Kenny not they. We can give them grief. I mean, before we quickly we move on to like more AEW matters, like, uh, what hmm. would you give it as a rating? What, what's your Metacritic on it? What's your- uh, you know, it could be out of ten,
1: out of hundred, or or a star. Six. Would you reckon? Sixty. Three out of five. Hmm. Like I think that's kind of where it is. Where I've enjoyed it.
0: That's not that if bad. If you're asking actually, me, though.
1: if it's 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 not bad. Like I know we may sound bad because the expectations are high, but also because there was all these people with this like professed like kind of knowledge of video gaming and what makes a good game and what works for it, and it's like okay, then in some ways, like a lot of this stuff. Feels like it should have been overseen. Yeah, like someone should have just gone. Can we replace Jim Ross? He's shit. Yeah, like someone needed to to like make these kind of bigger executive decisions for the games and it, and particularly in terms of like updating people. It was just like, no, we need them as they are now. Yeah. Like that's what we need in there. Yeah, and and yeah,
0: I'd share that. I think like I, I, first couple of days of playing or like first day of playing, pretty much. I might have been closer to like a seven and a half, even an eight. Then I was a seven. And then a couple of days in, when I realised, oh right, okay, I've ran out of things to do. I was a six, and to be honest, I haven't really played it much since then, other than like the odd multiplayer game. Me and uh, me and Steph have played. I've not really been motivated to pick it up. Maybe, maybe Stadium Stampede mm-hmm. mode will change my mind. Maybe I just need to sit down and have a you know a proper think and a proper play of. And again, the career mode's not, not, not that deep either. I don't know, I just need something to sink my teeth into with it, and I haven't had that. Maybe more online play is going to be that thing for me, like you say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. Six out of ten, you know, a three-star, three I think place the build off but yeah we'll see uh, we'll see if if they do but that's uh that's the game itself um mm-hmm. well we're on aw and um, we didn't talk any aw last week with uh, it being a uh, matty in the bank week um so yeah we can do a little uh, little bit of a, a, mm-hmm. a catch-up specifically of a collision uh, from the weekend um yeah, yeah. Uh, recover- Thank God last week we didn't uh, cover collision because I would have been quite negative on it. Uh, oh, Monday. If I'd, if I'd actually seen it by the time we did spotlight, I wouldn't have had much good to say. You know that um tape show I think is best forgotten now. Uh, with Punk on commentary and just the B show feel of it, I joked to you on the weekend show that it felt a bit like when we were watching those Global Force tapes and uh, in prep for that uh, that King of the Mountain show we we're going to be doing at some point. Like it felt like tape TV studio wrestling in some ways just functional but not really appealing or or exciting and i thought like this week they were in real danger because it was like they did that they had the disaster of a tv rating, which yeah came on july 4th weekend yeah there was competition yeah money in the blank was on yeah it's a saturday it's always going to be a fucking saturday but you know 0.13 as we covered on the weekend show is disastrous in tv terms i think for uh for you know for, for 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 any week really um and is what a film would do in the same slot. So why would give AEW any more money to be on on a Saturday night? And I think this week coming off that brave decision to be in fucking Regina, because like I was getting proper nineteen ninety five Monday Night Raw <laughs> Dead Years vibes from the show. In a good way in a way that works as a positive because it was the Owen. So it was like oh well, that kind of works with the period that Owen Hart is most known for, at least in like the WWF but they were so lucky that crowd was good because like that crowd really like considering there wasn't many of them considering it didn't look great on tape like they really made this feel like a more atmospheric show than it deserved to be and yeah, yeah. kind of you know it wasn't just that I thought the content was a lot better as well but I felt like they uh, they pulled it back this week
1: I do as well and I was thinking about it it's, it's do you know what it was and I thought about this and we've spoken about the criticism of, of Dynamite that we have that it's too much in it I thought stuff had time to breathe here, particularly Joe Punk. Yeah, I thought had that as well. Particularly afterwards, where they were hyping stuff for next week with just some graphics over the top as Punk was recovering and after the attack by Joe. After after they sh- after they shook hands, and I liked that. I went, "That's that's a good way to end it." Because it it's like, well, what's happening between them? That's the hook to try and get you into next week. Whether that works or not, we don't know, because it may be. And this is the problem they would have. If they've already given this kind of rampage vibes already and people think this is very missable, not much is going to happen, that's something they're going to really need to t- take in place.
0: Yeah, that, that was the like, one. They worry. really are. It was like, because, you know, you look at the pattern that week before, it wasn't like people tuned in and left, you know, as much as we can criticise the canned feeling of it and all of that and how agent it felt, you know, at the same time. I mean, maybe that rating was kind of already written in the sky because of, you know, the, the fact that it was taped or whatever, but doing the same as a rampage to me was like, well, that's, you know, also at the same time, you haven't put any effort in. Like, it felt like the least, the most least, yeah. the the most least, the least effort they've put into a, into a show, and it's episode three of Collision, <laughs> it was just like, come on, we can't let this be rampage this quickly. You need to, you know, they're doing fundamental things well, and, you know the one fundamental thing they weren't doing was building the next week and the next week feeling important and feeling like you have to stay. and you know at time of record we don't have the the number yet expecting it probably to come through obviously in a in a non-showbiz uh, daily world and we don't know when we might uh, actually get the the exact number for it but i kind of hope having that tempo punk joe main event yes it was one for the 2005 knobheads <laughs> but you know it's a CM Punk built up match. Hopefully that makes you know a big difference to the number. Having that big tag title match in the middle of the show makes a big difference to the number. Because you can't you're not gonna be able to have that every week, but the weeks you do have CM Punk, they've spent so long building around them, you, you would hope that he's you know gonna do better numbers than they did there. But you know, on a quality point of view, you know, starter up, starter up punk Joe. Like I I I didn't mm-hmm. Maybe I'm designed to. Regardless, I love that match. Um, I wouldn't say it was five star. You know, in line with the uh, the three punk Joe matches that you can hear us talk about at uh, Patreon.com/grapple. Um, that'll be a that is out there where we uh, we covered in detail those first three five star matches or close to five star matches. But I think I went a little bit trepidatious, like you know, at this grand old age, is this going to feel a bit like, you know, when the uh, the football, what's, what's it called, when the 5 aside and the ex-football players on a...
1: Masters like, football. Oh,
0: Masters football. It's going to be a bit Masters football <laughs> I was like, I was worried. And then they went out there and you know what? They didn't go for the five-star epic. They just had a really tight, unique feeling I felt, like 15-minute match and they made use of the 20-odd minutes of, of TV time. They had, I found it, despite not being... Maybe of you know of the level of those matches in ROH, and it never could be. They went in there, and two smart workers worked a smart wrestling match. You know, and I think everything about it was like was keeping me glo- and again I'm I'm designed for it, but keeping me glued glued to my telly. You know those the, the little things they were doing you know punk bringing back the the headlock and, uh, and and such you know you know I was marking out for uh, for that Saturday me own but you know the, the entire like first 10 minutes of the match being built around punk still not being able to keep up with Joe and getting dominated and dominated until he finally managed to come back and then using some of his newer offense that he didn't have you know back in the day in the uh, the original trilogy to kind of get that bit bit of an advantage and then of course you know to pay attention to your 2004 2005 ROH store. the only way he could possibly beat joe if he had to beat him to go forward in the in the owen was well it was going to be a roll-up because that was always uh joe's achilles heel back in those days there was just so many of those little things that paid off for me as like a long-term fan of these matches but just felt in a way where it was like it was it was like an older school slowed down kind of take on a on a main event wrestling match where you know, every little thing in the match mattered. Every you could you could pay attention to those finite details or just look at the broad story they were telling as a whole and have a great time. I just thought it was grown up main event TV wrestling. Um and very yeah. much enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, it did. And they were smart enough as well to recognise they had 20 minutes of TV time. We do the match in fifteen and we do five minutes for other things in order to let things breathe as well. And that's what this match did. It, it, there's something just about punk in the ring where you start to watch the matches in a kind of strategic way because that's how he's kind of conditioned it. It says about the sort of level of worker that he is. And the fact that Joe isn't Joe of 2005, but he's still this kind of like immovable force, but has weak points. He's got the aura as well. And that was the thing I kind of was happy about. I was like, Joe being used properly here. And like like we said before, when we, we thought this might be one of the first feuds they go to, like, and it was like this and JY, and you kind of go, well, they're good for kind of two very different reasons, aren't they? One's working with a guy who's very fresh in this kind of environment, and the other one's working with an old rival who had the best of him. It's Just like it's the best of both worlds. If you're going to have him as a babyface in his early stages before we get the full-on kind of CM Punkers, like shitbag heel, Like, before we get to that point, we're going to have this. I really enjoyed this match.
0: To that point as well, like, despite him being a heel in a lot of Canada, Smaller Town went... Went for him, felt 100%. Yep. I felt like I didn't hear about it. Yeah. you know, which is, I suppose there yep. are going to be those towns, aren't it? So you can continue to do the tweener thing where he's Brett, you know, 97, ironically, in, in, in Canada and other places where he... Wearing do... pink and black will help, won't it? Yeah, that's it. and doing the promo at the start, so that was a really smart yes. move. But in both ways, one, to kind of ingratiate himself to the crowd right away, but two, just as like, oh, this feels different, doesn't it? You know, having yeah. the wrestler in the main event come out off the top, you know, they do the little speaky bit, don't they, at the start now, music plays. I like those. Didn't waste his music pop either, didn't use cult of personality, just came straight out, didn't even get in the ring, stayed on the outside, that looks different. That probably added to that Raw 95 feeling. You know, they'd always do those shots, wouldn't they? Maybe that's better in a smaller uh, venue to do that. You know, you can show the busy crowd, like, stood behind them at eye level. But everything about it felt, yeah, it felt different, it felt fresh, and I think it played, you know, it was nice to have that. That's the thing WWE do, that AEW dumped. WWE. Yes. Roman Reigns is over, so Roman Reigns gets the opening segment in the main event. You know, and Raw happens, and, you know, Seth Rollins gets his promo segment, and then he's in a match later on. The important characters are featured throughout. AEW's like Dynamite, you get your one segment and you're done. That's usually the way yeah. things are done. Whereas this is a different, another one of those different things about Collision, I think, where you're getting that establishing bit at the start, and they're getting double their money out of Punk by using them there and then using them in the main event.
1: Do you know what? I was looking at the results for this. And I think this is the great this ties into that point. Think of how many people we used throughout this show. Obviously you had Punk and Joe and Punk, uh, Punk appeared twice. You had FTR Bullet Club Go Gold and FTR like kind of appearing twice as a as a kind of story, two connected storylines. You had Ricky Starks near the beginning and near the end. I mean it was the fact that Powerhouse Hobbs had three people at ringside with him that kind of added up. Thank there God was a Julia thing. Hart match, Scorpio, Sky match, but he wasn't crowded. People had room to do more than one thing on the show, and it wasn't like you have thirty seconds. This week, you're getting just a backstage promo package. Yeah. Next next week, you get a match. You're not getting that. You're actually having that between yeah. them. I think that is something that's really, really, like really strong as well, as you can hear Grapple Charlie in the back.
0: <laughs> I'll they're, take they're up for a song. second. I love him. <laughs> but yeah, th- th- that's absolutely that's it. And you know, I can. You don't have to go through every segment in the show. It's a pretty much a two-segment show in a lot of ways. It's the main events and it's the tag in the middle. But like just to touch on a couple of those other things, I was glad to see, like you say, Ricky Starks being used strongly. You know, that was the other, you know, Owen Hart uh, semi-final match and getting to see kind of, you know, him being developed as a character. That's what a big thing that I think collision is doing right now in that it's using... Unlike AEW, where it's like, sink or swim, you get your one segment and you don't. It re- I think Steph pointed this out. you They're making a real effort to rehabilitate some of these characters and go, okay, this is who Ricky Starks is. This is the level he is, and he's going to be a constant presence on TV, maybe multiple times through a show. Hobbs, you know, thank God we're moving away from the QT Marshall stuff, it feels like. Uh, We're probably going to get a couple of weeks of feud, unfortunately, to get there. Like, fucking... I can't believe we lived in a world where they once went off a Dynamite, and the main event of Dynamite, it was after a pay-per-view as well, ended with the big reveal that QT Marshall was going to be Hobbs' manager. Like, that was a big deal. Like, I still can't believe that happened. But and I, I can't believe it's taken us this long, but thank God we're getting away from that. But we are, you know, for better or worse, getting an arc with the character of Power Horse Hobbs, Malachi Blacks being yes. still back up, whatever you think about him, and Draw Day is getting, you know, some actual development time, whatever you think about him. And the biggest, you know, I think compliments I can give Collision as a show, it's become the Jay White show. If Punk is 1A, I think he's 1B right now, or he's in that mix. I suppose it's Joe and and FTR, but he's in that cast of main characters with Ricky Starks. That you know, again, another reason it feels a bit Raw 95, almost a somewhat bare-bones roster. And don't get me wrong, there's negatives to that, because the week's Punk's not going to be here. We're going to see, you know, how bare-bones that roster is in a lot of ways. And until they have fully built these guys up... We're going to be in a situation where, yeah, there's going to be, you know, these guys are going to be finding their feet and discovering who they are and getting over, but Jay White... Feels like a different man compared to what he was in his introduction, you know, in those Dynamites when they had like, you know, him and Juice Robinson were presented pretty much as equals for my money at the start. They never made him feel like a former IWGP champion. I think Juice Robinson got some pelters from me just by virtue of being the guy that felt like was stealing screen time almost from uh, from Jay White and, you know, cutting promos when it should have been Jay cutting the promo or having more of the promo time. Boring collision. While they are being used as a team, Jay feels like a like the one A. He feels like the one B. Like his, you know, he's his henchman essentially. He's his wacky sidekick. The role he should be. And Jay is having all of this TV time to establish himself. Make the if the AW audience weren't familiar with him from New Japan stuff, make them familiar with him. And he's knocking out of the park. It's fucking. It's great to see, and he's been an absolute highlight of this show this uh, this last few weeks.
1: I think I think he has been. I think you can just see the potential with I mean, I don't want to see him with Bullet Club Gold. That's the thing I have an issue like massively with. It's like just that brand name. selling and Ts sell, though, should
0: mate. be his own number one seller. I don't know why. I don't know who. No, don't, I can not get me wrong. It. Who's buying them? Like, <laughs> who needs a Bullet club shirt at this point? But apparently, people do. I got that blue. When I read that, I was like, for fuck's sake! Like, who, who are the cunts still buying these things?
1: <laughs> oh, I, I have no idea at all. Other than the fact he's got gold on it this time around. Yeah, it? really. It's this is where it. we're at. It's Malibu Stacy all over again, isn't it? <laughs> um, it, it? But I think like just the use of him, he feels like you say is like a main character. Hobbs mentioned as well, like with Hobbs and Starks, like after the Jericho stuff and everything, he's just being put into like a kind of a much more interesting mix as well. I'm intrigued by what they do in the final with him and punk much like, you know, in, in, in terms of the, like this Owen Hart tournament feels a bit more interesting because it feels like it's being used to kind of develop one rather than we're going to have Adam Cole and Britt Baker win. Like there's the obvious kind of thing that they went for in the last one, at least like I, because I keep them thinking, well, what's going to happen with Ricky Starks? Because it's, it's obviously he came out on the stage at the end. And I liked that because it wasn't like an over-egged final angle and everything else. But it was just reminding you, actually, this bloke's in the final against him next week. He should take an interest in all of this stuff that's going on. Yeah. So he
0: should, just he a much disappear. more... He's had a segment. He's gone home now because that's what it feels like yeah. sometimes. Um, that's it. Yeah. But they, they should be hanging around. But overall,
1: like you say, a much more improved show
0: i love that tag match i really did like to, to, just to quickly go back to that mm. i think there's criticism of you can give like i think so this is the the ftr and uh and juice and J match but i think for 15 minutes they were having as good a tag match as i've seen in AEW. like it was incredible like there were maybe what there started to be one too many near falls and it was annoying that because as Again, you're gonna. I'm gonna turn into like a Randy Orton fan here and go on about Jay White's footwork and his positioning and his working the hard cam and stuff. But he is very good at those little things. He's a silky smooth pro wrestler, and one thing he's amazing at, as well as reversals, which we all know, it's those last second kickouts. They just did maybe one too many of them. But I was just sitting back and just admiring, like, his, bod- his work in this match. I almost said admiring his body and that's him. Um, but, like, he was just, like, he I'll was help do that. so good for the full, like, pretty much stretch of this match. I felt like, you know, I'm past the point of knocking juice. He felt a little bit behind the pace. There were a couple of spots where he was late for or our position for, it felt like. He wasn't quite up with the rest of them. But the way, like, The weird work rate gets thrown around a lot, but the work rate out of pretty much the four of them for 15 minutes was fucking incredible. I could feel everyone on the timeline going mad for it, Discord going mad for it, the people in the arena going mad for it. And then it was like, okay, now, lads, come on. You've done like four kickouts now. And then they got to the last minute of the match. And I'm not even blaming Juice for this one. Somebody was out of position. Somebody somebody got something wrong. That's what I wondered. Because the four of them were kind of wandering into each other in the ring and then it was a ddt finish and it was like that didn't feel like that's where we were building to from where we were and they just lost it i felt like in those last couple of minutes you went from having what was like a i thought a four and a half star like tag match that could have even gone higher and then i was like okay this was a four star tag match (laughs) it kind of it took that much out of it it was like because the finish is you know an important part but you, you can't, you know, it was too long, absolutely as Cyber says there, but you can't you know, take away from the good work they did building up to it, and you know, they've set that's another thing, there's a hook for next week, they've set up the two out of three fours for next week yeah. I worry that might make them lean into excess even more, I hope not, I hope they've learnt lessons from this one, and we, you know, we, we do things a touch tighter but like, oh, I was loving this this was great, this was the other main thing on the show I think to mention, it, it was just great TV Yeah, I really,
1: I Really enjoyed this, and I thought, yeah, like I say, from an in-ring perspective, this was like a generally I would say like a kind of a a much better week with the main event and this match in there as well. And it was it was funny for that finish in the match because I kind of I suppose I'd taken it as even though he didn't look it, I I thought I'd. It's almost like you convince yourself no, actually, he's just been very very subtle at stopping that the one with hair breaking up FTR bald, getting pinned. It's easier than trying to remember their names. Um, and so I was kind of fine with it as well. And it kind of fit in with the kind of sleazy way that they are as characters and how they would win matches. So I suppose that suspension of disbelief that you always want with wrestling, they kind of kept that very much intact. Chris mentions here as well. I have to say the Miro promo, like it's the dead on seriousness (laughs) with the, ridiculous comment about his wife that he will throw in (laughs) there in all of it. But just (laughs) like as an aside, his double jointed hot wife, his comic timing is really down. However, I am at the point where it's like, I think we are rather like CM Punk doing commentary. We're past that point. We need involvement. We need actual interact. That just feels like how, how to not have him wrestling every week. Well, we'll have him do commentary. It's like a lazy way around it. And I think for this, like for Miro, I want to see him in a feud or a storyline, a proper one against someone who feels like they're kind of up around a high level.
0: You know, they get there, mate. The, uh, all they have to do is, uh, you know, bring Goldberg in and Goldberg can be Miro's God, and then we're sorted. I, I want the role of God to be played by Bill Goldberg. That's what I want. That's why we're... The, and then they face off at Wembley. Come on. That's what I'm gonna <laughs> for. It to build well, I want
1: Goldberg at Wembley because I've never seen him wrestle live. And it's just that box. That box is very as
0: much a As point. a one-off, I'm saying, by the way, as well. <laughs> no, he
1: has to lose. Can I just stress that? That's, that's the important. I want no more than five minutes, and it's... Him versus Miro can be a backup for him versus MJF. Like which is like I think that would be like kind of all manner of awesome um if they're able to do that. That that could be some really great stuff they now I've got you a special opponent for Wembley.
0: But a counterpoint
1: Goldberg. Yeah. I
0: fucking love it but a counterpoint I would say I love those Miro programs I'll take more of them every week but I get what you mean I do want to see him do something in ring because he's a very talented talented wrestler too yeah. the big thing to say I suppose yeah going into this week you know next week's collisions got it, we, I've got Punk and Ricky Starks in the uh, in the men's final like you say that can go either way that might be a key one in the uh, potential heel turn of, uh, of CM yes. Punk if the uh, the real life stuff uh, won't do it for you uh, especially him uh, I very much enjoyed that story this week where he uh, apparently threw his name in the hat to be in the uh to be <laughs> to be in the blood and right. guts match i said this on twitter and i was like you know what apparently the young books turned them down and that makes you know that's punk baby-facing himself and making them look like the petty children who won't work with him. Never mind the fact, you know, on a week's notice, it's probably a bad shout. But like what he should have pitched. Can I be on your team, lads? I'll be on the elite. He could have came out in like full BTE gear and stuff like that. A Brandon Cutler behind him. You know? Should've if you're gonna go full troll, he <laughs> should have gone with that. Can't have been a real laugh that. There's no I just feel like something must have been lost. I... Oh, he's got a great poker face if you really did after that. I
1: want, I want to believe it is what happened. He's just, he he is who he is. This is the scorpion and the frog. Yeah. He is. is He's an absolute (laughs) gobshite and he's a piss taker as well. And there's no, again, there's no getting around this stuff and they can't cope with it because passive aggression isn't going to work here with someone who's just being full on.
0: Well, yeah, so that that's obviously uh, dependent on uh, on punk schedule going forward. It's him and Ricky Starks a Collision. Uh, FTR against uh, Jay and Juice in that two out of three of all match. And then, yeah, th- this week's Dynamites, we've got uh, the, the dream match you were hoping for, JP. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Commander. <laughs> Orange Cassidy and Darby All against Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia. We've got Ruby Soho versus Sky Blue. We've got Nick Wayne versus Swerve Strickland. They had that crap mm. promo for Nick Wayne last week. I actually thought... That might be something they build a lot longer, but again, Swerve's a perfect opponent, being from that uh that same area. I was gonna so say one of those lads, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, another one of those Buddy Wayne kind of uh adjacent guys. Uh, and we've also got it: uh, Orange Cassidy and Darby Allen versus oh no, MJF and Adam Cole, sorry versus uh Brian Cage and Big Bill, which is the uh the payoff to Brian Cage and uh and Big Bill absolutely killing it on uh, on Rampage this week. I don't know if you've seen it, mate, but it was almost good enough to turn me into a fan of Brian Cage. Uh, their uh, their power New skyscrapers, mate, Larry. It, finish it oh it was brilliant. The other few moments like that just but the, I think it was made clear Bills the 1A, Cage is the 1B. Seems to happen to him a lot to be honest in his career. Um who knows why. Uh, but actually despite hey, my misgivings about some of the call and MJF stuff, I'm kind of looking forward to that cuz I think uh MJF being terrified that Big Bill is going to be uh, going to be great TV.
1: If we can just turn Big Bill into Sid, <laughs> like I can be all right with that and then Brian Cage can be be Dan Spivey. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned like you know the skyscrapers in 1989 couple of that's the thing they haven't got a couple of fucking massive blokes as a tag team dare I say it that's something that tends to always go down generally well in wrestling because you hide the limitations don't you and you you have those fun double teams you can do with someone that's big bill size but um but yeah they're the reasons they're the reasons to feel excited about AEW. not
0: jericho yes. commander then, mate you're not excited for that or uh I be Sammy, genuinely, that looks good.
1: Yeah, yeah, that, it, those things will be, and I mean, I suppose with Jericho, this is all about what they're doing with him and his current storyline of like, am I too old for this shit? Where you wonder where that's going to go, or if this is just another ruse for him to turn heel in some Ric Flair esque way. Think he'd be in blood um, and guts. So. I hope not. Oh, I hope. Not. I hope not. I invented. The I mean, I'm assuming Kota Ibushi. It's who else? I mean, is you there
0: mean? anyone they can? You put him over a uh, Hangman page on Rampage, so maybe that's what they're setting up. That's that, that's You're taking a piss, literally. seriously. Oh, he he pinned Hangman page clean in the middle. Well, not clean in the middle. It was a lot of interference, but he pinned him in the middle on Rampage on <laughs> Friday. Yeah, I was like, I mean, does anybody want the Dark Order to be involved in this story? Like no. other than the most hardcore, the hardcore BTE fans? Like I feel like. If we're all honest with ourselves, as much as we enjoy the people involved in the matches, the Elite versus Blackpool Combat Club has ran its course. I think we need to get blood and guts out the way and move on. What it didn't need to thresh it up was those fucking geeks getting involved. And yeah, they did uh, They did in fact book uh, Evil Uno to pin Hangman Page on it, on Rampage on Friday, which I know there was a lot of bullshit and interference. I know it was the latest story. It might even be to justify putting uh, Eva Uno in the match. Again, as I said last week, I still wouldn't book it. Was my wrestling promotion and it took, uh, took put an evil hood you know, over Hangman Page in any scenario to tell the story I'm telling. Just wouldn't tell that story, you know. I leave it on YouTube with the rest of the nerd shit. Um, <laughs> it just couldn't be happening, should it? Taking a uh, piss. But I honestly wonder whether that's why, whether like, he's going to be involved in some form, maybe on the on Club side.
1: Then it hits the eternal problem here, isn't it, where it's just like they're working against people and acts and in divisions which considering what the star level that they're meant to be at. Oh, that it's, makes you mean it's beneath. It. Yeah. Like, and that's, and that's the thing here. And that's the problem is that like, like you say, the, the dark orders kind of run its course. There was a point in time they could have gone in a much, like I thought all the build up to hangman winning the champion and stuff like that, that was all really good stuff and really good week to week TV. And there's a lot to be said about the dark order as a faction and, and what they kind of meant for like the undercard mid card, but that's where they should be. Like not in what is gonna be well the elites feud after Blackpool Commonwealth Cup and it's just like can we just break you fuckers up for a bit as well? <laughs> can you wrestle some tag matches, young bucks. I don't know, you booked a division, you build yourself as the best tag team in the world. Fancy some tag team matches. No, not with your mates. Well
0: oh, it's like Kevin no, not
1: with this. This clique bullshit. Sorry, <laughs> this is this is the same as fucking Sean and Hunter wanting to work Kevin and Kevin and fucking Razor. That's the same old
0: Razor, they? So that's the difference um, But I, to his credit When Kenny gets dragged, kicking and screaming out of his comfort zone You get like that that Dynamite rating last week Another another show where the main event quarter Because it was a main event Kenny, Kenny Omega singles match Did very well Almost tells yeah. me that's what you should be doing with them, Um and I, I think we're leaning that way. So you know, we get we're getting a lot of that. I think we're we're getting out of this world. I think,
1: um, but him we're... and Takesha are something I'm really looking forward to. Oh, I yeah, oh, will say that I think it's a match. It's going to be something that's just going to be off the level.
0: <sighs> probably more, Robert, all one, all probably more all out. If all probably more all
1: out. Yeah, probably
0: more all out. Yeah, I I think that's probably I think there's gonna be a lot of people doing double duty. That might be one where you could get away with that if if Kenny's in a Busy in an Osprey match on uh, on Saturday. Um, that was an excuse to talk all in, by the way. We had our uh, Oral and YouTube video for this week. There's no update, really, other than Tony Khan saying in an interview that apparently uh, they've, they've, they've 70, been in, in the region of 70, which I think is 68 still, because <laughs> technically that's yeah. in the region of. Maybe it's closer to 69 now. Maybe that's why he's uh, he's more comfortable saying that, but we don't really uh, we don't really have an update uh, there. Do you, do you think anything else to build right now is for, for all in? Do you think it's Dink Cole and MJF is there? Do you think Sting and Jericho is there? Because it is, it's the next pay per view isn't it? I know there's blood and gold. It's in the next away, pay-per-view. Which is like distracting us all, and there's all out on the back of your head that's that's also thinking, but well, maybe the card's taking shape in front of our eyes.
1: I hope it's not. We're not getting Adam <laughs> Cole MJF. i would stress that as well. That's not for like. I want to see singles, mate. I want to see them structure this card. I want there to be quality control for who gets on this card rather than packing the card with people's mates. This is not the best foot forward in the rest of it. And I can't help but feel, as much as I enjoyed the half an hour draw, and I really did enjoy it, and I thought it was like probably the best Adam Cole match in AEW, if we're talking what could be the largest attended wrestling show with paid for tickets or whatever the the weird get-out clause is, this isn't a big enough match for me. Like, not even, like... I mean, I say MJF Goldberg because at least that's a spectacle. Adam Cole, MJF isn't spectacle if we're going to have this and then really what we're going to end up having is four weeks of comedy skits until the inevitable point where MJF does something really shitty and then they have to go into serious mode to build the match. And that's where I fear it's going to go, and that's quite a lazy way to do it. I think you do this on TV because you want to build up the product. So the way I kind of – one, that like how they get Jamie Hater into the mix and stuff like that in terms of the title. Because I kind of think they want to do that in Soraya. So I kind of wonder if they're going to do some sort of title switch with that. There's a lot of weeks of TV and in, they need, they kind of really need to start getting the ducks in the row for it now, kind of properly uh, for where it is. You don't want, this doesn't need four weeks of build. You can't look at the ticket sold and say it's there. It's just like you've got an opportunity to put the best fucking wrestling show. On a massive scale of all time, you go and take it, and that's I just think
0: left, um, that that's the card <laughs> they've got left to play. When we look at it and go, the near and seventy thousand, you know, as the paid number, um, the overall numbers past seventy five thousand at this point, how are they going to beat those records? How are they going to beat whatever it's 80, 81, whatever your line on the sand is? It's going to be when they announce the card, isn't it? So yeah. I think they will. I think uh, I think it's Kenny Osprey one hundred percent. It's what else yeah. is there? Um, but yeah, based on the TV right now, yeah, there isn't. Maybe they're gonna pull pull some rabbits out out of hats, you know, and we'll get more prestigious stuff. Let's uh, say, yeah, put it that way. there's stuff there that can pop a TV rating, and I think you want to use that stuff to build the buzz. So have Adam Cole and MJF yeah. as it's a big match on TV. It's ages. So I think a lot of the stuff, a lot of stuff we're seeing now that could be all in stuff is also, like you say, potentially main event dynamite stuff. You know, MJF and Cole might be paid off before we get to all in, you know, and then we start the the four weeks before we start the proper cycle to all in. So I guess we'll, uh, I guess we'll see from there. But yeah, unless there's uh, anything else on uh, on AEW, we got We are bouncing around a lot today, so we've got some brit Res chat to come and some uh, a dark side of the ring uh, catch up uh, too as well, JP. But I thought maybe go to this now. Uh, We'll do a a quick catch up of. uh, of new japan there's a link between the two oh go on because
1: obviously with willow nightingale they referenced her losing the new japan strong title and they also i think showed (laughs) like some footage of eddie kingston as well oh winning the uh I mean, strong
0: title. We don't have to spend too much time on last week's strong shows because they're a little bit dated now. But like, yeah, we've got to talk about Eddie Kingston um, and like, here I, I watched. I actually only got to watch that today. Um, that that those two New Japan strongs, Day, the Independence Day um, show. So they were they were eye pay per views, weren't they on uh, on New Japan World? And there was so much going on last week that there was just absolutely no way we were gonna uh, gonna get to them in time. But oh, despite them being dated, I was I had a tear in me when uh, when Kingston was celebrating after the match with Kenta. Don't get me wrong, it was a 3.5 star to 3.75 star match and, uh, at best because yeah. it's, you know, Kenton in 2023. Uh But it was, you know, it felt like a, a proper, like, Corican-style uh, made event. Yeah. Um And it was just... It's more about that, getting to see Eddie win a big one you know something we would like to not i'm not going to do the lazy comparison to his aw booking, but it is definitely something i'd like to see him do uh in aw because he's been a real until he went away to japan he's been a real shot on the arm like quality wise and momentum wise to uh to the aw tv and yeah sometimes it's uh it's nice to see uh good things uh, happen to good people here.
1: oh absolutely i think for this and you described the match but if you don't see the match you at- fine with it watch his post-match promo uh, yeah. watch the the celebrations with homicides and and stuff like that which was just like kind of really good to see and it also i think the way to view these shows is this is very much like it's an offshoot of new japan but in many ways if they use this roster and have it as like they have special shows in kurakun once every three months some ways i want to see these type of shows as opposed to new japan strong in the states because The fans here were really hot and that was part of it. They were chanting for Eddie Kingston straight away. They knew who he was, which this is going to be an audience that watches New Japan strong on New Japan World. This is going to that's why I always say run Kurikan. This isn't the kind of stuff you talk, because I don't think they'll get the reactions. They know who all these people are. They know Filthy Tom Lawler is, clearly. They know Eddie Kingston is. They also have access on the Japan World in Japan to Dynamite and Rampage and I'm assuming Collision as well. So they're going to be very familiar with who he is. And it made him feel like a massive deal. And it was just like you couldn't help but feel that it's like this can work, putting a title on him. He has the credibility to do it. You need to look past the superficial aspects of things and realise what you've got here is – a character who's engaging because the moment he came out to Kuroken, you could see him looking around. This is his first singles match in Kuroken as well. They were saying on commentary. So obviously he'd only made his debut there in the, uh, in the tag match the night before when he was, um, yeah, when it, when he was in, in that, that's like, and it just felt like it's interesting because how it's going to be him bo- being booked in the G one because he's the strong champion, which means they're going to want to protect him a bit, which is really good. And that's, great, it means he can get to a quarterfinals. I um, think, you know, European Championship winners in footballers getting to a semi-finals of a World Cup is the kind of stuff yeah, you'd expect. You're hoping that with New Japan.
0: With no him. one's expecting him to win it, are you? But you kind of, yeah, you didn't want him to be that guy who just lost all his matches. Don't think he's going to be that guy now. Because that was the thing, like, this Corican crowd, like, it's a different crowd. It's the hardcore of the hardcore, You know, even, you know, in Japan. And, you know, they maybe would be more in tune to who he is but he had that connection he has everywhere else with every other crowd, you know, and especially at the end when he was crying and stuff, you could tell the crowds were, were you know, were cheering him and were, you know, along for the ride with him. And, you know, that you could see those fans in the front row, like fist bumping him and stuff, just, you know, he's got, it's a human touch, isn't it, that Eddie Kingsley's got. And yeah. he does that with every single crowd he comes into contact with. It just, there's no language barrier there. As good as the promo was, you know, post-match, it's, it's about him as a person translating. I've got no doubt, I think he's going to do you know, he's gonna do himself proud, I think, in this G one. I really do. I think he's gonna have, you know, it's a couple of uh, potential. We'll get into the G one in a second. You know, good matches he can have in his block. But overall, I think it's gonna be a good establishing run for him if he if he does want to come back and yeah. I'm sure he'll want to, you know, do more stuff out there. So though I love that. Thought that absolutely worth it. Like I say, couldn't have said it better. Maybe you don't need to see the match at this point, but definitely see the promo and the and the post match. And I think the other notable thing from these shows, you know, speaking of Kingston, you know, homicide being out there, he's he's held together by sticky tape at this point as homicide you know i'm not i'm, I'm not a, i'm not a blind 2005 ROH fan you know when he did those uh those little spots in AEW, he's been another one people have brought up as a potential blood and guts guy for for the for the moxley team which would make sense from a storyline point of view based on his associations mm. in new japan and AEW. but you know homicide is you know what homicide is at this point in his career I didn't care, though. It was great to just see him out there, having, again, him and and Moxley as, like, this deathmatch tag team against Despi and Junker Zag was just, like... Oh, it was delightful. It hit all the Homicide's weaknesses for me, you know, as as a 2023 wrestler. It was, you know... If you're not into those types of matches, you might think that's also skippable. I actually don't think it is. You no, know, the singles match the next night, uh, you know, the with with Moxley and Despie was great too. Mm. But I actually thought the tag match was better. I just loved the oh. wild, unpredictable, they're all over the place nature of it. And it's like it was a great lesson, and you know, death matches can be done badly. And I'm, you know. I think I get painted as the deathmatch guy because I've got more of a tolerance for it than anyone else on this podcast. But what I've got a tolerance for is for when it's good and when it's hot and when it feels like a fight. And this felt like a fight with all four of them. And it did in the singles match the night after as well. But this was probably my the highlight of the, the two shows from what I saw.
1: Yeah, i would go with you on that. And that's me talking about deathmatches. And it's partly it, it's Sai was like a big, big part of this for me because the crowd loved him. He's unique, and I think this is the thing that New Japan Strong can do in Japan, where they can bring in people like that, they can have death matches, because it doesn't necessarily fit onto the New Japan proper product, but you've got this offshoot that you can do this stuff, where fans are wanting to see a more american nice style of wrestling, and I think that's the kind of thing that I think really works. Um, I loved this match. There were points when I was watching it, and I have to confess, I, I was feeding Charlie at the time. And <laughs> I was just going, "Oh my god!" And don't worry, I didn't have it like on the TV in front of his eyes. <laughs> he's not watching Junker aside pull no, out Arber's blade because I was just like at points I was going, "Oh Christ!" He's like skewers in the, the head. Force. Does he enjoy that? <laughs> the skewers in the head was great. he's great, and, it's great and obviously, great visual, we'll yeah. showing a phenomenal visual yeah. as well. And they just, but I think the thing that this match had that was different is three of the people involved are really good workers junk sai Like when they were doing like the, the, it's the thing that works for him in deathmatch. I'm trying to think of the other guy who's a great deathmatch wrestler in Japan, or I've seen where they work at a pace, which this had, because they mm-hmm. went all like up and had a big brawl into Kurikan as well, which was, I, I thought was tremendous. And then when they got down and they did the kind of spectacle spots that interdwell isn't taking ages for a setup and stuff like that. They had the crowd with them as well. And then they interspersed kind of wrestling with this at the same time. And I think the thing about homicide being in there is it meant that there was enough good people involved that there wasn't too much emphasis on him being, you know, being used in that particular way. And he was there to eat the pin, which he gladly did. And I will say in the homicide chat, it made me think of all the recent ring of honor deep dives that we've done and I've loved doing each and every one of them. I was thinking I would like to see a homicide one just to get an idea of why that character at that particular time was so kind of, because obviously I've seen homicide in years, late years and I, can, and I always get the feeling, like you say, it's just like, this isn't homicide of 2005. And I'm like, I really need to go and sort of study homicide of 2005 because just at that moment in time, the connection and stuff he had. And if this is his role in wrestling and he's all right with this, I think this is great. And also I imagine he's a gateway as well for lots of tra- like lots of wrestlers in the Northeast and I everything think, else. Yeah. Trends, and the ties there as well he put he'll have known rocky for years and the rest of it oh, and it's Lyles,
0: yeah yeah, yeah that's it. exactly that, that's where they, i think that, that's another thing it maybe it's a little bit jobs for the boys why he's getting these uh these bookings but it's because he's so beloved from that time and he was so influential on in a lot of guys careers so yeah i've seen him say like that might be my last time getting to go to japan but i'll take it type of thing like he deserves it and yeah. Yeah, i loved it and as connor said yeah i love that i love the second night as well i did think the uh, the singles with mox and despy they've just got s- such good chemistry them too like they they just they feel like I'm, I'm so shocked like how did it i know they had the this endless bcc feud going on but how did that not factor into forbidden door in any way like something with moxley and desperado you know considering they've got this rivalry feud going on i know these new japan strong shows were coming up but. You know, I think Moxley would have been bang up for it. So yeah, and he's bang up for anything. He fucking he's clearly having the time of his life out there, and it's uh, it's lovely to oh. see. Um any anybody concerned trolling on behalf of John Moxley, let me tell you he doesn't give a fuck. Like he, he's not asked that you know you think it's beneath oh. him to uh to be stabbed with a fork or whatever. Um this is just on Moxley too, what he loves. so yeah.
1: Mate, he's just bleeding, he's mm. just fucking bleeding the whole time and he's loving it, and he's justifying the bleeding as well. Uh uh He's not in the G1,
0: isn't he? I wish he was. uh, But again, you know, AW can't uh, go with
1: that. And Despy, Mm. like, as the fifth man in BCC, if they announced that, I'd be happy with that. I know that wouldn't be the kind of ratings draw thing that they would want, but in some ways
0: they should have though during the forbidden door period you could have i mean i suppose they didn't know about brian did they so you know cut them some slack but shame uh, opportunity lost but you know we're going to give the uh, the full g1 tournament a, a big preview on the uh, on the grapple weekend show on uh, on patreon on, on friday because unbelievably it is this weekend um mm. we do have a uh, saturday and sunday's cards are, are free on a uh, new japan world as well um, and that, that's been announced too so that's cool couple of the matches in there you probably wouldn't watch for free um it's that old you know if they were wrestling in my backyard and i closed the curtain situation but <laughs> the first two nights of the g1 are free so you know we'll uh we'll take it it's uh, yeah. it's all for uh blocks as uh as well and um, but yeah speaking of uh you know what's uh what's got what's going on there we've obviously got from the matches, there. and Anything stand out for you, JP? We've got uh, on the Saturday, we've got A block, Sonada versus Hikalayu. That doesn't sound like it's uh, your type of thing. Yotasuji, Kato oh, Might be interesting. Shotsurumo v Remarita. Chase Owens v Gabriel Kidd. Uh, we've got Taichi v Osprey in the B block. Akada v Great Okan, Khan. Tangalo v Kenta. And Yoshihashi versus El Fantasmo. And then the Sunday show is uh, in the Greggs offer match Tamatonga vs Evil. Shingo vs Eddie ah. Kingston. There's your one. Yeah. Uh, Becky Nichols, Via Harare, Ishii versus David Finley, and then the D block, Naito Jeff Cobb, Tanahashi, Zach Saber Jr. Feel like Excalibur here. Eh? Shane Hayes versus Alec Coughlin and Haruki Goto versus Torayano. Um speaking of the big man, I do feel like uh Kingston versus Shingo is my uh, absolute standout from the uh, the opening yes. weekend. And uh yeah, be uh, be fun to get to uh, to watch live Saturday Sunday. Uh, yeah. It's, G,
1: it's, it's G1 time again, baby. And I know, like I say, we're going to be talking loads about that on the weekend show. I also want to point everyone in the direction of our Discord. And again, we mentioned Connor and God's work that he has done on there in the sense that we've got a G1 Pickhams contest um, this year. So if you want to join in, go uh, check the, the links out. They'll be uh, on the feed here. Um, and then go to the Discord, sign up for it as well. it'll be a disaster for it because I think, but this is the good thing about this year's pick is I think there's a lot there that we don't know because of the quarterfinal mix. I think there's a lot of interesting scope stuff that they can do where my interest is going to be in the first couple of days is probably like when you're going through the list and not a hell of a lot sort of really standing out if anything, but it's how people are positioned. It's who gets those kind of early wins. Who are the people that they're taking seriously and those people as well, like like a Gabriel kid and whatnot. Where are they going to factor into into all of this as well? And I think these are the kind of interesting things about this G one is there's just an element of unpredictability the opening because there's so many kind of new young fresh people. Without getting into your Yota Suji's in there, who I think he's got a good match on the opening weekend as well. I'm trying
0: to think of who. Yeah, I was just it. saying uh, Yota Suji versus uh, Katerkia. That's the uh, that's the first yeah. Movie, yeah. Mm. That's like
1: Kiamaia himself. There's like this utter wild card they've thrown into the mix here. We'll talk about it more on Friday, but that's the stuff in there. And uh, Alistair says here to win the whole thing.
0: Mm. Um, Are you giving in, Connor's uh, uh, Connor's Pickums? We'll uh, we'll put a link in the uh, in the show notes to get everyone involved.
1: I'll be I'll be going through it properly. I think really probably tomorrow tomorrow, Wednesday to kind of nail the whole thing down for who wins it. I mean, cause I don't think, I think a is not going to be in the title match this year and I don't see Sonada being in there. So if someone who's going to win it, who's going to kind of take it off him as, as much as anything, just to be able to take the belt off him and be kind of credible. I, I'm going to go left field on this because I think they can do it because they're in an position with the IWGP champion It's probably going to end up losing it before like before the dome so I know Chris has gone with Naito I don't want to. I don't I don't want them to do that I think Shingo well, is I've the already, much more
0: in- I've already done one set of pick'ems and I came out with Naito <laughs> it's definitely the same but- oh, <laughs> as is Connor.
1: I, now. oh bollocks I, I just don't think he's got the legs in him mm. I think that's it and it's kind of about the momentum of a tournament where Shingo is that person who they've regularly kind of, he's that workhorse to kind of get his way through. And I think they can take that kind of a
0: It's whether a, a you risk it. you believe Sonata's still going to be the champion, you know, because um, a lot of us, yeah. you know, who, what's the Wrestle Kingdom match in that case? And that's kind of why I end up night. like, are oh, they doing up Sonata, aren't they? They're going to bore me to tears. Um, and that's coming. But I could also see like a, I don't know, spray could win the g1 and then Akada somehow gets the belt back before january 4th and they do something in in that direction um i don't think that's completely out of the uh, the realm of possibility they obviously fucking love Yosuji, but i think it's probably too soon for him but I, in the the Pickhams I've done not the Grapple ones yet. I got very close with him. Gave him a lot of wins. I kept giving him wins every night, and I was like, Hang on, I think I've got him winning this entire fucking thing. <laughs> but like you said, that's possible though. Someone like him could yeah. have an establishing G one, win a load of matches, and then you've got quarter final. You know, you've got the the semis, and you've got the fight. Fan- you've got you know places to knock them out. You know, in the in the semis, there he could could theoretically. You know, batter everyone, and that's what we remember. But he's actually not a factor when it comes to actually being in the final. I think that's that yeah. could probably be true of a few people in this field. So yeah, it's like you say it's actually for a year it's wide open and hard to predict, unless like you say you go in the ball and, it and it's probably NATO. It's just they're
1: between generations of wrestlers, aren't mm-hmm. they? Yeah, you've now got all of the young lions they've had hoped for, pretty much all back, and the fact that they're all back and in the mix. Like, suggest they could go with someone, and it may not be someone who we instantly like. You wonder if Umino goes deep. You wonder if Rennerita goes deep in it. You wonder if this is the year where there's a kind of changing of the guard. And I get the impression that that's kind of been what they've been doing a lot of the year. So, why wouldn't they do it here in the G1? Where, if anything, it's easier to build that star over a month with Yota Suji. You just have this guy go, he's on a fucking roll then you can tie in the whole LIJ dissension if you want to do that and and all the rest of it. But I think there's – at least there's interest in this. It hit me a few years back of just the ghetto style of booking for this. Now, I don't know if it's the style of booking or the people involved, but there's no ugero here. They're like – the levels – there's no Farley. The levels of shit aren't stinking up. They've just been replaced there by younger, younger guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's shit. Yarno is Yarno, yeah. and a G1 is kind of not a G1 without Yarno because he gives you the breather when watching all of these kind of serious wrestling matches for this length of time. But, yeah, Chase Owen stuff, obviously, though, I've no interest in, in watching that at all. But everyone else, all of the younger, I'm, I'm intrigued
0: and like you say, it's anyone's storm. You know that again, it's uh, mm. we're, we're being pulled out of our comfort zone here. The quarterfinal, semifinal, final setup just makes things that just a bit more interesting. Like yeah. it gives you a bit more book and way to not be so safe. And there's not, and you know, it feels like there's a lot of matches, but each block hasn't got very ma- many matches because there's not many but guys in each block you know uh, mm-hmm. seven matches each isn't it rather than you know the crazy like I've, I've seen i've seen people literally talk about like well osprey could be in blood and guts because theoretically he's got three days off <laughs> and he could travel to america and come back again you know it's imagine that in the middle of a g1 if he did that that'd be um you know a lot works a lot but that'd be a lot for, even for uh for him but yeah you know it might be better for the uh, for the wrestlers as well which is a <laughs> which is a big thing and yeah like I also said the yeah, A said he's surprised. I no don't think it's us proper coronation. He is my outside bet. Yeah. I think I would potentially because I'm good. I'm doing multiple pickems for the grapple ones. I'm probably going to end up doing that because I could. Uh, it, it would involve in some form. I can't see Osprey Sonada at, at Wrestle Kingdom, but I could absolutely, you know, see uh, it being a carder, yep. Um and finally doing, you know, Osprey going over him. So, yeah, there's uh, plenty of possibilities there. And, yeah, I'm cautiously excited, JP, even if I'm going to be, uh, you know... Um Quite, kind of a uh, conservative in my picks as to yeah. to what I watch <laughs> on some of these days, but I know you'll watch it all, so I'll look forward to uh, to your uh, your reviews on that. But and again, yeah, join uh, if you want to make it more fun. Join our uh, our Pick'ems contest. I know the lads at yeah. Post have had one going in a while, so they've got their one too. So obviously, uh, you know, do do with me into and, and multiple ones and uh, yeah. see how you get on. Spread your, spread your bets. Spread your bets. There you go. But yeah, you'll be yeah. able to uh, to join our one for the first time ever as well. So loads of credit to uh, to Connor uh, for setting that uh, that up for us. Um, yeah brilliant so oh go
1: on JP. i was just gonna say one thing i did it's, it sounds like reversing back going back to talk about the new japan strong stuff on there but there was two other things uh, two other very quick things i just wanted to make mention of at the end of it i think it's worthwhile one was the junior tag match catch two two and dan maloney looking very handy as we'll speak oh. about him in rev pro as well i thought that, like there was a tag change and you just think he's been there a month and he's already a junior tag champion he, he's got the look that he wants everything else. Clark Connors is a really tidy wrestler as well, but just a shout out for catch two, two should be catch 22. Cause that's the Joseph Heller novel, but I digress, <laughs> but the cracking read as well about the futility of war. Here it, it wasn't like the futility of war. The war was well and truly earned and it was cracking. Um, and then the other one was Julia beating Willow. And I just, just wanted to say about that. The only issue I kind of had with it is like, I big up Julie on here all the time. And there is that kind of massive star presence that she has. Mm. The match was fine. Probably not as good. It's a little bit clunky. It looked good because she hit a finisher lifting up Willow as well mm. for that. This has been a g- really good run for Willow. It just gets into the place I want to be with when Mercedes Monet comes back and they have her versus um, Mercedes Monet. Do you think that'll be that's... the
0: Owen, Owen final maybe? She comes out there. Because I think they've let, they've, they've revealed something by not just p- kicking her out of the tournament, by going, ah, the match will happen on Rampage, keeping Willow alive for a reason.
1: Yeah, they are. And do you know what? I really, I I think she's, I think she's really good. Like, I think she's one of the few people at the women's division where like, you, there'll be a lot of talk about, say Sky Blue, Sky Blue's not ready. Like, and shouldn't be in that mix. Whereas Willow Nightingale winning it, I'm fine with it. But even in Japan, she was over with that crowd. She was like, they, They loved her and she had that kind of infectious energy and she's got good enough offense because obviously it's really power-based. It just makes her slightly more unique to a lot of wrestlers um, out there because, but she's just got that kind of likability factor. So yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out for those two matches for what was a really fun set of shows. And we talk about New Japan generally. It's nice to be positive about New Japan. It really is. And that's, I generally feel the conversation that we're having here about New Japan doing different things, doing new and exciting things, livening up a G1. That's all good and long overdue.
0: Definitely. That's it. Kind of sharing your compliments there, saying, enjoying seeing uh, Julia work with someone bigger than her for a style as well. Um, yeah, we'd assume, yeah, they fast tracked the way back to the original plan, which was, like you say, probably <laughs> Mercedes involved. But yeah, I think they'll keep the, the, the Willow uh, gain something. Yeah, that's it. It was, why not? Why not do that for a while? It was uh, If it really was called on the ring, that was uh, one of the smarter things uh, mm. you'd, see, you'd see. So, no, good stuff uh, all around. And, yeah, I think it actually works as a, as a nice segue into the, uh, the Brit Res of the weekend. As uh, You know, you, you were complimentary to Dan Baloney there. The bit I did see, because I was mm. at GPW, which I'll uh, talk a bit more about in, uh, in a minute, but uh, we got back to the pub after and uh the Ogdens had the uh i think it was the osprey uh the osprey match on their uh, on the phone uh, against leon slater and like the bit i saw of it was like the finishing stretch because they were live streaming which is you know it's cool that they do but i know it's hard yeah. to hard to promise it isn't it with you know internet in venues and whatever so i think they've they've been very smart about it it's always a nice little bonus when you're uh when you know what's on offer but that's the bit i did see yeah dan maloney coming out and uh trying to get involved and like osprey basically sending them over the uh over the guardrail and they're clearly building something there so you know i'm sure that's a that's a directive and you know dan maloney is clearly in uh, in safe hands here but yeah as i was a grand pro that's the uh the only thing i've uh, i've seen at the uh the rev pro uh, york hall show but yeah credit to them for, uh, for streaming it live last night and i believe uh, yeah, have, uh, caught
1: up with uh, at least a little bit of it. Yeah, I have. And I have to say, I caught up on it because uh, the main reason I was able to catch up is I was at um, a uh, Cubs and Beavers and Scouts um, barbecue tonight, uh, and which was which was good actually. Well, yeah, mate, <laughs> this was like they were encouraging us to go up for seconds and thirds. So I had two burgers and a hot dog. So Where? I weren't complaining. Oh, I was cracking work. I was buzzing about that. <laughs> That was really nice. So, and then, um, and in the chat, you and had helpfully said, "So, sort of, like, these were the main matches to watch." So, I kind of went on to it. And again, it's, do you know, what they're trying live streams and they're trying this stuff, and it may not always be perfect, but by God, I appreciated it being able to see it because it was a it was a big show for them, and lots of this, like, sort of the undercard stuff, I didn't get, I've not had a chance to see. So, the main matches I've seen is, uh, first of all, Luke Jacobs versus Tom Lawler, because I'm a big Tom Lawler fan. I thought this was, like, good, stiff, like, hot stuff from Luke Jacobs, who is a fucking unit at this stage in the proceedings. Look bigger than Tom Lawler as well. And that's a situation we haven't always seen when there's, like, the American import. They come in against the British guy, and they just tower over them. Or even the New Japan wrestler, and they just look bigger, and they have that kind of credibility. Here, I thought... Like Luke Jacobs looked great. This was exactly the kind of stuff that I thought really, really worked. And I was like I I was just happy to see Luke Jacobs get the win there for one, because it made him feel like a big player. And that's and that's really the theme of this show is them they've done and this this tells you about the kind of simplest the, the booking, which is simple but straightforward and incredibly effective. Connor Mills. I didn't hadn't seen the match, but Connor Will Mills won the um uh the cruiserweight belt um earlier earlier in the show. I think you're on mute.
0: Sorry, I had oh, not the uh, good things about that one. Like I heard a couple of people yeah. say that was the match of the night, um him and, uh, and Robbie Which
1: I'm delighted it went on first. I know it's a long match, I know it's 20 minutes, and I think there's been times where Connor Mills, I'm not thinking who was in there and he did 20 minutes, he didn't need to do 20 minutes, but this is a cruiserweight title match. Robbie X has had a really good reign mm-hmm. and like just been that really good, like we mentioned before, that good veteran who has just been an absolute credit to ref pro. And it's just really good to see him kind of getting his dues. And for, for Connor Mills, this fits in perfectly with this much bigger storyline that they refer back to at the end where this, you know, this is his big moment, but that like, gets overtaken by Oku at the end, which I think is like, again, cracking. Brilliant. Cracking, like, simple storyline development, but it isn't him coming out and attacking him afterwards and stuff like that. But the fact that he's won there, they're new tag champions in subculture, which I saw sort of the uh, the last few minutes of that, them versus Greedy Souls, which is they're going into Great British Tag League uh, beyond really this well. as
0: well. Like, I think like yeah. sub- subculture are like, I think you've got to be careful we talked about it last week you've got to be careful with like what NXT UK cast offs you're gonna use but like mm-hmm. you said we were raving about them on the impact show I really enjoyed them at the 229 last week they feel fresh they feel polished they feel like a proper team um yeah I'd go with it and um yeah obviously Greedy Souls have done a great job as that tag champions as well to kind of set that yeah. up so yeah it was a good bit of book all around I thought
1: cracking bit of booking like like you mentioned about it, you've got to be really careful about it. what what can you do with them they're gonna add something to it well, subculture will, because Flash Morgan Webster is, has really developed. That time in NXT, he's really developed as a wrestler, and as a team, they're smooth as hell. And it's just like they're getting to show stuff, that they were just doing an Enfield. Hmm. They're actually able to do now in front of fans and in front of, like, kind of proper crowds. So that's... That's a really good move. Greedy Souls lo- lose nothing. I'd I'd have an all out war between the two It's like some mad brawl in Cardiff next time they're there. That feels like it's perfectly set up for that as well. Like play, you know, playing off between them. And I think yeah, Greedy Souls have looked really good as well. The there was Sabre Junior versus Jordan Breaks, which oh, yeah, was,
0: was great. Yeah, no, that was great about that. Yeah,
1: yeah, just it was stuff that took you by surprise. The way that Jordan breaks was able to kind of stay with Zach. Cause that's really what the sort of storyline of the match. And if I can refer to, and I know he's in the chat as well, Ian, he's done a brilliant review on four one one as always of this show. So if you want to sort of like go through a lot of the other matches as well and sort of read the whole recap, go there and go to ref pro on demand to sort of watch the show. There's me giving them the plugs. <laughs> I'm not getting paid anything for that spell away, might I say, but it's well worth seeing. And I think, um, yeah, for, for this match, it was because it was something different, but it also had a pace to it. it was, you know, w- which at the same time, in mean, Jordan breaks, is that really good pickup where at perfect the end opponent. of the night, perfect opponent, something different follows the theme of younger guy against established star that Rev Pro do better than anyone else because they have good established wrestlers that come in, which. Leads onto a completely different type of match, but with the same kind of philosophy, which is the match you saw the ending of Will Osprey and Leon Slater. I really
0: want to see which, this whole thing now that I'm home. Like that was like, yeah, um, oh. even just seeing the final like five minutes, I was like, yep, this if because I think you know the attendance looked decent from the people I know went down to York mm. or, but I think obviously there were transport issues Like even if I wasn't at GPW I wouldn't have been able to go because the trains were off um, from Liverpool to London I think there were different things affecting different people but I feel like if I wasn't at GPW I still would have found a way because I really wanted to see this match like Leon Slater and uh, and Will Ospreay like, um, yeah. and every review I've, I've heard of it sounds like I need to see this match um, at least in full uh, at this point Oh, it's proper spectrum. I mean,
1: there's a dive he did over the corner post and he landed on his feet pretty much perfectly, That's landing on Osprey as it? well.
0: Yeah, he, he loves that. Been, it, apparently, been, he didn't do it at the 229. He's been a little bit conservative with it. I like that though. Busted out on good. the shows.
1: And he feels like a big deal already. He's already physically more developed hmm. and he looks good. And I also think there's a good storyline that can play off with the fact that Callum Newman, who is now Will Osprey's, the role that Dan Maloney was as Will Osprey's young boy, now he is in that role. And I think you can have that natural rivalry between him and Slater, where Slater is the kind of one on top and Newman might have been like the wonder kids that Slater is now projected as he's, I don't know, maybe he's Emil Smith row to Bakaya Saka of, (laughs) of Leon Slater there where he's not quite there. He's having to do a lot of under 20, under 21 euros and stuff (laughs) like that. In the meantime, to kind of build himself up. But at the same time, it's those again, it lifted Slater up. It gives him credibility, gives him stuff on that kind of highlight run. You just look at this guy and go, you just want him to stay here for a bit and just develop because he's carrying on like a really good path. And so, yeah. And then the main event, which again, really squeezing, squeezing this one in the right result. Like they had Oku win. Oku make Okan tap out. There was a lot of the storyline where he was working on his knee, um, throughout the match as well. And, it was the kind of big crowning moment. And I think the beauty of this is because Michael Oku, and I think wrongly, isn't booked by many sort of big promotions. He is the perfect guy to have as your champion and your figurehead, like of Rev Pro. He's just perfect for him for that. And I know there'll be people who would just like, I always think of Andy and Jeff Blessing where they're not enthused by Michael Oku because it feels like it's his promotion. But in many ways I kind of feel like, oh, yeah. yeah, he kind oh, of yeah. should be. I, they're not negative I mean, they, don't, they don't hate him or anything else but I know when he won the, the Revolution Rumble it was like oh they thought that was kind of obvious direction but and maybe I'm being harsh here on, on Andy and Jeff who aren't you know they'll be listening to he's what are you
0: saying I didn't say this <laughs> they probably did from I meant Oka because uh, good lord yeah. I was happy this happened um, I was punching the air by the found though because yeah. it was like yeah decent a match. match
1: much better match than the RKJ match Well, much
0: better I think a lot of fans are like that you know Okan's o- o- are character and uh fun to have around but i don't think anybody was uh loving having him in a, on top and mike loku outside of ricky knight jr has been the poster boy for rev pro like you say you want you know really the only direct competitor in brit Revs right now is progress when they you know run shows which is every now and again um and they don't you know they tried. i don't and, know what you mean i've never heard of them <laughs> they tried using ricky knight jr um and they've avoided oku for stupid reasons um but that allows you to yeah you know have your own stamp on it and have like oku be a a pure rev pro guy now uh, you know i've heard nothing but praise about the matches I've, I've seen some negativity towards the finish of like the women's match i think a lot of people saying it was a bit overbooked um you know with the, mm-hmm. with the four-way and you know i'd have to probably uh, see it with my own eyes to see what like the, uh, the execution of that was definitely sort of a, a bit of negativity towards oku's opponent going forward being trent seven um uh, you know trent seven doing the big heel turn and running off with the belt um what did you make of that scene I've not, I've not seen it yet like i say it feels like from at least from our Discord, i think the wider feedback is overwhelmingly positive you know match wise but i did see yeah. a bit of a, um you know criticism of like say the women's finish and that book, and particularly what do you think of a Trent Seven, uh, world title contender at the, this point in his grand old post NXT UK career.
1: If Oku's beating him, then I'm fine with it as a development tool. I'm enough. less that's where I'm more bothered by it because it is it clearly then puts the red pro belt kind of and it's difficult. Like in an ideal world, he probably for that copper box show should be taken on someone from. New Japan and beating them, or some big kind of like to try and establish it. But who's going to be willing to do that? Who are you going to get to do that? There's political machinations with this stuff as well. Well,
0: it's like a lot of people in our Discord are like, oh, you know, it should be insert AEW again. Like, I don't think Tony Khan is letting any of us, uh roster work the Red Pro Show on the Saturday. I'm afraid, folks. So, you know, it might it might be it might be a two two nine show. It it might be a, a copper box show. I'd, it was like when I came out I came out to that last two two nine show going. There's two classes of NXT UK guy, I think. Like, there's the guys who you're just not going to touch because they've got that NXT UK stink on them. And we don't have to bury anyone. We all know those names. And then there's guys like Subculture it's like, oh, you know what? These are lads who, you know, take pride in the work, put the effort in, and, you know, they're still going to give you a great match on your cards. And they've got that bit of name value when I'll use them. Trent Seven, I came out of that 229 feeling somewhere in the middle, going, he's got that name value. But I can't help but look at them and go, "Okay, you've reached the next UK now, mate. What else are you gonna do? <laughs> like, do you really? Are you really happy? You know, doing." random spot shows for, for a rev pro not just rev pro anyone i just look at him and go like d- does he have the motivation you know i was i was you know watching him uh, out there with uh with uh, ricky's uncles at roy um at the 229 um yeah. like i, I kind of just going there uh, you know uh, like it was zach night wasn't zach, it sorry that's what i had to say zach that's all these nights they get confusing but like i was going i don't know how much effort you're really getting out of post nxt uk trend seven but then again you know he's he's overdoing roh so he's He's flying back and forward, so he's still, you know, staying involved and stuff like that. I think that's what it's going to be. It's the level of motivation you got him. I'm not excited about him as like, a, if he's going to get like this big heel run or whatever, and he's going to be, you know, the big bads for for Michael Oak, who will feel like Copper Box is just that step too far for a match like that. But again, while we can all dream about what we want a Copper Box, the reality might be that that's, you know, who else to put OFO in with, really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm splitting yeah. it. I'll have to see it with my own eyes. Actually, I've seen a, lot of, a fair amount of negativity, not like to overwhelm the show. I think overwhelmingly it's positive feedback on the on the matches. Mm. That is the talking point I've, I've seen a little bit of. It,
1: if the overall story is that Michael Oku is the new face of British wrestling and he's beating these kind of guys that were part of Brit Rest Past, then i'm okay Ghosts of is
0: that what uh that's what the gray beards for with Trent, isn't it that's what we're yeah. to.
1: then i'm kind of all right with that to be honest with you on there as benji decides to do a run in into that that was that loud sigh into that. it wasn't me having some sort of heart attack in case anymore. anyone was yeah. wondering um yeah my, i suppose like in terms of the it was very obvious he was going to turn heel i mean i knew it was happening anyway because he was the one who stuck behind the ring afterwards and then delivered the lariat and then sort of just legged it out of there as well. Um, after they'd done the great foreshadowing with Connor Mills coming out to the stage looking shocked after Oku wins and everyone's there lifting him <laughs> up on there. And Amira Blair doing her part as always, making ma- makes Michael Oku feel like a, a bigger part of the act. He just has to, if Trent Seven wins, that's when I'll be annoyed. If he's there to take the loss and he beats this guy who is seen as this you know, this focal part of NXT UK then I'm fine with it. We move on.
0: i was gonna say that wasn't the uh, the only thing kind of uh, coming out of the show. We had uh, so we got what what Zach's bringing in. Fujita, is he? Is that a, is that apparently uh, happening? Um, it seems to be at a a thing. Um, I think he's gonna Kosei
1: say uh... not like oh yeah. Asshole Vegeta from Noah, no, not him.
0: <laughs> the one with the, the one that begins with Ken. Um, yeah, so apparently it's him and, uh, it's JJ Gale, isn't it? And if Gale gets gets a match with with Zach, if he if he wins, so yeah, Zach's got yes. uh, got his own young boy, uh, which uh, which kind of makes sense. And obviously, yeah, they also did the uh, the whole thing with uh, with Ricky Knight Junior and uh, and Zach as well, um, which sounds mm. like that's a that's a good cool match for a uh, for a Ricky Knight Junior. Like I was saying last week, you want to see him uh, back from injury and fresh and ready to, to go, you know. Yeah, outside of Osprey, Zach's the biggest match I think you can get from a, you know, a rough pro card. I, yeah,
1: I think so for this. I mean, I think for that Copper Box show, they've still got room to kind of pack it out. And I know they are various kind of plans in place and, and everything else, but they've got those kind of relationships and I'd be kind of bullish they'll put on some, like, really good stuff on the undercard. And I kind of... I. If they follow the pattern of this show, which is younger Rev guy against more established guy, then I'm fine with that. Because I kind of think that's what the promotion is. And
0: that's what it probably is. Probably my main it? That's what a comment is. It's a, it's, a 20, yeah. it's a it's an anniversary show like the other one I was at, and on an anniversary show, you wanna pay mine to the past and you wanna pay mine to the future. So that makes sense, doesn't it? I wouldn't and Shocked to see like some older names pop in, but also at the same time you get the, the you know the newer names in a in a stronger position just by virtue of being on such a big card. Yeah. And
1: they've set up those those younger wrestlers, I think, in a really good way. You have got Jordan breaks as your wrestler. You have got Leon Slater as your flyer. You got Oku as your kind of like baby face champ. You've got Ricky Knight Jr., who I would fully expect to turn heel, be the one to take should be the one to take the belt off Michael Oka, and they have a whole chase process with him, and he'll get all the knights involved in his stable. That for me is like where I want to see that story going, because I think that's good. I think that's just good, sensible storytelling. I know this is a suggestion I gave to him in a pub, but I'll still stick that it was a good thing to do. Yeah, you've got your tag it team. Division <laughs> got division in there. You've got all of these good like. And Luke Jacobs is your hoss. You've got all these really interesting elements you've got in there. Yet the women's division is probably the one, and I haven't seen the match, is the one where there is that kind of mess, where they've only got round to unifying the titles, and you want there to be that same sort of clarity there. Um, I, If I were them, and you can do it, try and bring in a Joshi wrestler. Try and bring it, if you can bring in a Julia, for example, That there's a uniqueness to that and she's returning to the city of her birth in London, so hey, writes itself
0: would be something, I think. But I do think, yeah, now that we've got not on the way, but your halls done, yeah, I think we're gonna because that that's that is something I have said. I feel like it's gone off the boil a little bit. The copper box, it's kind of not yeah. the front of mind, it should be. Um, on such a big weekend, I think it can now, as the card takes shape and we learn more about like who is available, who isn't, I think that's gonna happen, absolutely. So, yeah, be yeah. a. Exciting to uh, to see what the, uh, they build. Ishii Jacobs there? Yeah. Connor. That's well, <laughs> a match, isn't that, it? That's uh, a match. Jacobs has got the size now. He probably, uh, he'd probably be dwarfing Ishii. Dwarfing
1: At this point in his career. Yeah, yeah. I'd take that. Got Walter like, all over again.
0: <laughs> if
1: Walter was from Manchester. <laughs> yeah. Which would, would have made some fun skits.
0: Might have better chemistry than them two as well, because it didn't really work. Yeah. Um, no. but, you know, <laughs> uh, we'll see. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of chat there. Yeah, we'll talking about Trent kind of being known as a tag guy. And yeah, there is there is that as well. <laughs> Will says here, uh, James, he apparently once said that on a BWE Trent was part of the young generation. That was there's uh, uh, Zack Sabre Jr., Will Ospreay and Marty. So there we go. That's kind of happening Excellent. in a way. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming yeah. true finally um so yeah i suppose moving on from there yeah on in a related note same night i was at a, at a different brit res show that's why i haven't uh haven't seen this one couldn't watch the uh, the pay-per-view i was at a uh, gpw's 20th anniversary show as we uh built up a bit uh, last week and i did in the uh the interview with uh, with johnny brannigan uh the versus which isn't out of date we had a great chat about all things gpw over there the last 20 years and what it's like to book a, a british wrestling promotion so still recommend um people check that out but yeah we we're talking on the uh, the pre-show uh me and matty um and our uh our day out in wigan you know we talked uh all all that. I'll, I'll give the the brief version on uh on this version of showing that yeah we uh, we made sure we had the pie because it's not wigan if you don't have a pie and we had a couple of great pints today at, uh, at wigan central on the uh on the day as well uh went to the venue with a uh, whole cast of uh characters uh it was like it was like my twitter feed in real life it was the uh, the ogdens were there ben was there brit reservoir days often uh confused with me he's the he's Ben, not Ben out uh Alan Sheepshot um, turned up and, uh, and came and met us for a pint. Uh, Chris Linney. It was a uh, it was a who's who. A great uh, cast of characters, along with me, Gareth and uh, and Matty. Um, and uh, yeah, we had a we had a really uh, really great day out. And then yeah, we got to uh, head down to the uh, to the show itself. And yeah, it was kind of exactly what it needed to be. Like, you'd see, I put, put like photos out there from the uh, the show, and I kind of said the same thing to Johnny. I knew going in. Even just walking into that building, the Monaco Ballroom in Hindley, where, yeah, I did uh, did have a couple of matches uh, a long time ago. But, like, you know, mostly for me, my experience with that building is going as a fan. And I've been going as a fan before I trained to wrestle. That's when, you know, I first met Ben Britt, Rizzo Future Shock, and there. And I've been going for years and years after. We're talking, like, what, well, was 2007, the last time I was in a ring, and then I've been going as a fan since about 2009. But no matter what, every time I go to that venue, I, I walk through that door, and it's butterflies immediately, JP, every time. Like, I just get that. It's it's like, uh, but I feel like I'm going to be on in the main event or something like that. Not that I ever was, but you know what I mean? I just feel like, oh, it just... It, it really... And like, Gareth and Marty were laughing at me because, uh, you know, like, not that my we eyes were getting watery, but maybe I was a bit misty-eyed a little bit, but it was just... Amazing to be back in there again. Thinking, you know, we'd never be in that venue again. Thinking GPW might well be done. Um, you know, after the, the pandemic and everything, and not having run a show in a in a couple of years. But yeah, the, the venue looked amazing. Um, as Matty was saying on the pre show, like uh, they lit it up and in a way that I've not seen that venue look. Um, it just they've got a they got a bongos bingo going on on there uh, on Friday, Saturdays there JP? Apparently, it's a big uh money spinner. Hence why the GPW show was on the Sunday. So they just must have oh, made yeah. some upgrades to the to the build with all that air that big dollar coming through do you have bongos bingo down there is it just a liverpool thing or bingo for adults basically you drink a bit between games and dance on the tables and yeah um it's a big
1: bingo dollar. got big but, mm. f- but funny enough we were at laser quest you know, um, <laughs> when was it saturday morning mm. and I, I noticed that the bingo place had gone the, the kassam near the oxford ground i was like what I was like, I- I was like, I thought bingo was doing all right. I thought there was very little else going right in this country at the moment. But I thought bingo was one of those things that still was somehow good. surviving it.
0: Still doing good, So that was, At least in Wigan anyway, and it's still real in Wigan. Doing good in Wigan. It's always the way. When you say that, all I think
1: of is that Peter Kay, that Peter Kay thing it was called. There was an episode in the bingo core No, not Phoenix Knights, before Phoenix Knights, created uh, the characters. Uh, like, and it was there was a bingo hall. And he played multiple characters, including the Bingo caller.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. Very Paul Heyman-esque.
0: Uh, but yeah, like I was saying, it's got a rip like the building's got such a history of like 20 years almost of GPW shows. Where, you know, Alan Cheapshot unearthed the poster from a nineteen seventies, nineteen seventies wrestling show with Dynamite Kid on. Same venue, Monaco Ballroom, same name. And I bet you it was set up quite similarly to this. But yeah, it was really like they had like all these be- the, you that have seen me photos had all these benches out, which were the bongos, bingo benches but it made for this really cool atmosphere everyone was on like these benches kind of surrounding the ring and yeah it was it was the perfect like anniversary show you could do like a 20 year anniversary show what you want to do you want to have some names in the past on there a few surprises which they did and like we were saying with revpro you want to put over the, the young lads and you want to establish well what's this promotion going to be going forward because got a bit of a scoop on that versus um johnny saying they were going to be going forward and having um four shows a year and that's probably about right for you know a, a regional promotion on a nice sunday you know sleepy afternoon in in Wigan, and they set a lot up for that as well. Like I say, I'm running through the show quickly. I mean, I thought, you know, I said, gave it uh, some more extended thoughts with Matty earlier, but Mickey Barnes and, uh, and Sandy Beach was the opener. Um, Sandy Beach is one that uh, Adam, yeah, we want to watch. Column in a uh, in Fighting Spirit Mag, um, he looked really good. Uh, he's not a baby You see many other places. The Sandy Beach character is a bit daft. He's what the name sounds like comes out with it comes out with an inflatable shark um and he, like, he's got like you know like uh, i don't know like hawaiian prints like pants and, and jacket on but he looked really good so maybe he's got loads of potential and you know that potential you know is still there it just hasn't really been capitalized um anywhere i would say other than like the, the, the like here um where he looked really good. Really enjoyed that as an opener. Ellie Austin and Lana Austin. Um, it was uh, fun to see Lana Austin um, outside of uh, certain other uh, scenarios where there would be uh, certain wrestling promoters who make sure they're always in the same frame as her. Um, but seeing her with a brother um, against uh, the Side Mercenary Squad, Dan Evans and Scott Oberman. That was a fun match. Um, I will say, like as Johnny said on that podcast, Scott Oberman's a name people should keep it in mind. Um, really good heel, a lot of charisma, presence is probably the the way we keep using when we uh when we talk about him and um, he continues to look really good and i think he's someone who could probably get picked up um and you know, have a you know a, have a good career in uh in other places as, as well as here and um, i thought they, that was really good martin kirby and son of um was in the uh, the first half of the show and that was like yeah reliable first half made events martin yeah. kirby like that like, that fella like he's he went into the Hall of Fame that the GPW have where it's, you know, it's like you know, but the, Johnny himself has gone in, you know, they put in like the, the stars of, of you know, who've been important to GPW over the 20 years. He's someone who, again, as we talked about in that podcast, he had, you know, from my my memory of him was seeing him firstly front row at shows with Ben, Britt Rezaway days, you get a lot of mentions today, like and seeing him as a fan. Then my second memory of him, or my main memory of him, is seeing he was the bloke who brought the ring. Like he was the he was on the ring truck when I first saw saw Martin Kirby and then all of a sudden he was on shows and then all of a sudden he was one of the best wrestlers in the Northwest and then England outright and he got his little run in Dragon Gate didn't he but like you know he retired and then he's came back which is you know great to see but yeah he, he's one of those who's just he's so good and so reliable in like a situation like this and Gareth won't let me get past this match without mentioning Sona Derson who yeah he might be semi famous he had a squash match with uh, Eric Rowan on a Raw that uh, they paid off with a rematch in Future Shock when Eric Rowan was uh, was knocked back down to the Indies full of a wrestling uh, a couple a couple of years years ago um wasn't great but you know uh, he's good like he's another one who you, you could maybe expect to, to see him more places as the, uh, the years go on but that was a, a really good first half main event um, they kicked off the second half with a bit of a nostalgia kind of thing with a lot of old characters from the past coming out like Dick Feelgood, Melanie Price doing like the whole old uh, master plan gimmick and then old baby faces like Damon Lee when I talk about my training days and talk about my GPW days he's a massive part of the aesthetic of GPW I was Shocked he wasn't booked already and he didn't come up in my chat with Johnny. I genuinely didn't know he was going to be there and he got a massive pop when he came out. That was cool. So, uh, jumping Jimmy Jackson, he um, used to be in a tag team called Track and Field in GPW, which is one of their great uh, gimmicks. Mike Track and Ian Field was the team. That is. Um, <laughs> I know you raved about that at the time. Oh. He's more of a complete wrestler now. He's more of a wrestler's wrestler flyer type, but he's very good. Um, Big Joe Guns, one of your favorites. He did doing his new uh, Joe Blazer gimmick. Um, Joey's still out on that, I think. Um, I think he got Big, John, okay. Big Guns Joe uh, over to a, to a level and he became a meme. We were talking about it. We recorded Graps and Claps after the show and we were kind of talking about that on the Ogden's and saying, well, yeah, but the, he tried to go serious with it and that didn't work. So maybe. This is more in his wheelhouse now, doing a more of a, a comedy character, if not a, you know, going fully back to the Crash Holly knockoff stuff. So we'll see. A lot of talent there. I always feel bad with him. I said they're on Graps and Claps. Like he is, he became a butt of a joke along with the, the Lycoses, or as I affectionately call them, the Lycos twins, as far as being on every Brit red show. But there was a reason because he's, he's very talented and he got that gimmick over and, you know, um, fresh coats of paint. We'll see how he does. Yeah. Uh, another note, I thought Isaac North looked good there, uh, good in that match as well. Great, uh, great monster. But yeah, good to see uh, Mel and Dirk back uh, involved in things. The other big note of the show, like the last two matches, RP Davis beat Dylan Roberts, uh, my old uh, tag team partner. If, yeah, uh, that counts. And Sam Grab will be Joey Hayes for the title. More on that in a second. RP Davis and Dylan Roberts was head and shoulders the match of the night. I thought Um Dylan's great. Like he was always good. He was a natural when we first started training together you know, in the nicest possible way. He always made me look bad. Um, you know, as a team, like we do, like, you know, <laughs> we both go back and forth doing, like, you know, both do arm drags and his, his look 40 times better than mine. We both do drop kicks at a point when we were a team, one of our moves was a double drop kick. He looked like Dan and I, kid. I looked like Davey Bush-Smith doing a drop kick, um, which is not a compliment. It wasn't something Davy bush did well. Um, and it was, yeah... It was always like that, and it's no surprise he's still going. You know, all these 18, 19 years later, um, and he is he's a standout in the northwest and a, and a veteran who never really, really gets his due. Silky smooth, brilliant at laying out matches, and brilliant at like doing that quote unquote work rate match that's gonna get the hardcore fans I cause going. Um, but doing it in a way that like I thought RP Davis, well, brilliant! Like, I people probably heard the name before. He's an Xboxer who has a bit of a phone. Mm. A lot of there was like. 20, 30 people in the venue walking around with his, like, fight camp or whatever it is, like, his brand on their t-shirts. Like, he brings a motley crew with him, uh, no matter where he goes. And Johnny had said that, and it's absolutely true. When I last saw him at TNT, it was like, oh, there's an Xbox that he does some punches. And, you know, he's n- is he going to be a wrestler? Is he not? He's early days in his career. Who knows? He felt like a re- like a proper wrestler. Like, in this, there's the highest compliment I can pay. He fit. He fit in there with Dylan Roberts. The extra bits of his game were there. He just felt more complete. Still doing the boxing gimmick and you know throwing a few digs in and there because he should because that's what he's yeah. known for. But yeah, I thought he looked. He looked really good. He's really come on a lot, and I think I could see him in, in in bigger places now, especially with the on a you know on a level name he's got that you could use in different places. He's someone the uh, the Ogdens mentioned a lot. I'm sure you've heard, you've heard the name.
1: Oh, I have. I've seen pictures of him. Is where well. he looks the part, mm. and I think like you say they're. It's the fact he seems very keen, but it's also he's been working these much smaller shows as he should do. If you're looking to have longevity and learn, and it, that sounds like what it is from the moment, first from the first time you've seen him, is that he's actually learn.
0: Yeah, it's actually the like, and that's you know to have got this a good head on this show shoulders. from everyone I speak to who knows him. Yeah, they always say that he's got he's got a good head on his shoulders. So it was, a, it was a great show to to establish that, and then yeah, the main events, um, Sam Gradwell and Joey Hayes. Uh, obviously, you know Joey Hayes has been along around a long time. As long he was on the first show with, uh, I believe Damon Lee and uh, and Johnny Brown himself, or the the other men from this show who were on the uh, the first show. You know, back in the day, he was always the you know the, the you know Joey knows how to work type of thing. He's the smoothest. He's the he's the worker's worker type. It was him and. You know, back in the day, um, CJ Banks were kind of the two names that would always uh, kind of come to mind from that era. So yeah, understandable by being this uh, this main event slot and Sam Gradwell being in there with him. Sam was like, you know, he's an NXT UK name because I think that's the only place people know him from. But he's got a great look. He's very good at the character stuff. You know, that all that stupid yogurt stuff that kind of got over to a point where he's doing NXT UK and his promos are strong. He's every bit the only the only knock I can give him, he's every bit a WWE wrestler. And if not NXT UK, you, you watch him and go, He's fantastic here and he probably should be somewhere. But where? You know, um mm. great, you know, if he's on all four GPW shows, you know, these next four shows they're gonna do perfect. Um and I think he's you know, putting him over and making him the champion was the perfect way to puncture, you know, to Emphasized the the twenty years of GPW. Cut a great, you know, promo at the end of it. Put it over Johnny and putting over the company for saving, you know, his life. I think in, in as many words he said when he was only a a seventeen year old coming into training, and gave him purpose and it got him as far as you know WWE. I know uh, you know Regal took a, a big interest in him at a at a point as well. He's just one of those. It's like oh, he's got all this potential, all this you know, just all this poise, all this confidence but where <laughs> it's like, but where what's the, what's the, what's the, the use case. And I can't quite underline what it is. Maybe he's going to surprise and, you know, wind up somewhere. You kind of don't expect them to, but he came across like in this environment in GPW in, uh, you know, in Hindley in the Monaco ballroom, like a, like a gigantic main event star. Um, And yeah, maybe there's a, uh, there's money on the table there for somebody.
1: Yeah. Do you know what? He's a fresh enough face. He's not overexposed. It's not like you know in NXT there was an element of prominence he'd had or he'd established himself. I mean, this is such a minor level because no one was watching it, but that's helping him round out as a performer. Again, I mean, it's always it's go back to Rev Pro. That's where you feel like at this point in time, if he's wrestling in the UK and this is where he's going to be based, and if they're running in the northwest, you'd be a fool not to bring him for Manchester. See what the reaction is. He looks like, he looks the part he'll have worked and there's stuff you can do with him that's not been kind of seen to give him that kind of indie cred there i say it which is always a thing that'll, that'll probably help
0: yeah but at the same time like him being that makes him something unique for a gpw because that's the biggest comment of the show like it felt like a gpw show it felt like the best of the past you know with all those names i've mentioned before a splattering of, like, the present-ish and a splattering of the future as well. It was just a big celebration of, like, the 20 years of the company. Like, I did a soppy tweet where I took a picture of the venue and just, like, literally it was home. Like, dramatic Benno, but, like, I meant it. It felt like home when I was there. A million people have used... I've seen use that word, you know, down to, like, Ben and other people like that as to what it felt like being in there. It was just the nicest, most, like you know all of us kind of coming together and being in the same build and me catching up with a a few faces or even just you know saying hi to a couple of people i hadn't said hi to in a while a lot of the same fans you know that you've seen there over the over the 20 years as well i again i'm very biased you know considering like i see it as my home promotion i do see it as home but like the world they've built there just in that one building and it was you know it's that what that what it used to be that one night a month maybe now it's four nights yeah, but when you walk in it's like that universe like clicks back into existence and it's like oh okay we're back where we were the last time we were here and it's like they've created an entire world with a roster full of you know you know heels down to like a mickey barnes who I, you know mentioned in the opener he's like a mega slam guy now and you can see every bit of it but he's like a great like underguard here you've got all these characters that the you know the crowd just they Know you know from, from years of getting to know them, and Martin Kirby being the uh the Hall of Fame guy and being the uh you know alleged local babyface, which he's definitely not. Um, down to like Luke Marsden, who's like the, the ex big brother star who was once the GPW ring announcer, he got involved in a in a big angle there. He was great, he's somebody like people know locally. It's a local wrestling promotion for local people, but everybody who comes that I had mates, mates from work,
1: you <laughs> sound like Royston Vasey wrestling like <laughs> that.
0: <laughs> Made from with me to the shows loads of times, um, and you know, walked away just loving every minute of it, um, and that's what it is. Like when, like I say, the Ogdens go all over, and it's one of their favourites. I think Garrett's definitely going to come back as well. So yeah, made up to it. Uh, I've got to be there for twenty years, and yeah, um, definitely going to be there for uh, the next four. And uh, yeah, we'll see. you uh, after that, you'd love it. You'd have a good just, time. Oh, do
1: you know what? And again, when I looked at the setup, and I saw how much fun you guys had had. And the fact that you were going to play pool before rounds as well, I was like, Oh, this sounds like an absolute belter of a day. And it just sounded like they do all the things right. And like I said, the presentation, of which is half the battle for it is really good. And four shows a year. sounds like smart business.
0: And that's it. Those, those types of motions are kind of you know it's probably more than progress but I've done a lot, a lot of, uh, of that digging uh, for today but uh, yeah there we go again
1: and, I don't know what you mean I've never heard of them.
0: <laughs> we think the next show's in October They ring announcer kept to answer Connor the ring announcer kept saying it was uh, it was sometime I think the 7th maybe but it's not official I don't think I don't know we you know the uh, the official day of the next show but I'm sure like, they kept saying they put it out on social media so we will see but yeah it was a cracking day out and like I say me, me Matty and the lads had a, had a banger and I'm still hung over today, so that says uh, says everything. takes a lot to get me to. Possession, uh, yeah. A wrestling show is uh is usually the thing that'll uh, that'll do it. But yeah, before we get out of here, just I suppose one more big subject we got before we uh, we clean up a couple of uh, minor items. We did say we we catch up a bit on uh on dark side of the ring. JP, uh, we've had a week off from it, um, hmm. which has probably been helpful for me and you to uh to catch up because we had the map born episode and the uh, and the Jyd episode. What did we say was coming up next? And uh, for dark sides of the um. Adrian Adonis, Adrian Adonis is on tonight is on to- at time oh, of recording. Right. Okay. Yeah, have you you're fully caught up? And um, what have you uh, oh, made yeah. of it so far? Are there uh, those two? Any highlights?
1: Um, I mean highlights, they're quite depressing stories, if In we're gonna home. be frank about both of them. Um the Matt Bourne one I didn't know about as much. And is it's like I think the stuff like particularly with his it takes a very weird turn at the end, is what I would say, with the stuff about his ex-wife and his daughter being convinced he was murdered by his current girlfriend and the rest mm-hmm. of it. And then them kind of quizzing her on stuff and her being very shifty when talking about it. I was like, I wasn't quite prepared for that as much as anything, because it had followed the kind of traditional path as it would do with it. Sort of he's a wrestler at a certain point in time. He's completely all over the place as well. But then you think about doink and you realize and I, I hated the character. I have to. I was never a fan.
0: <laughs> However, even heel Doink,
1: heel Doink, was at least interesting. And I think that's the thing that he kind of gave. And there is the thing Mick Foley says it in there as well, where you could tell that the Matt Bourne version of Doink is the best version compared to. Uh, I'm trying to think of the other people who, who took on the. I want to say Ray Apollo was one of them. Various kind of like other people who just weren't as good. Like especially with the fake doing stuff in, in there, and it follows the path of him going kind of off the rails. Slightly feels like is he getting himself back together, and then he's dead young. <laughs> this is this is what happens. Which the second one with junkyard dog you, kind of follows it. Didn't
0: he huh? tell the whole story? Just interview you. Yeah, he lived. He was doing, and then he was dead. <laughs> he-
1: he was a wrestler in the 80s he took loads of drugs he didn't look after himself at all and he was dead but in his early 50 we know this story it's just what age range is it is it what late 30s thing... is it in the 40s is it 50s who can tell
0: it was it was because that one and we can get into the jid one but the Born one as well it, same thing and it's like i 100 percent. i walked out of it thinking it was the best episode of the season despite it being that you know that that trodden path, like the path we got on the JYD one. I was like, oh, is far. I really heel Doink. I think was a really good character. I loved all that. I loved the story about how you know we kept hold of the rights for it, despite the fact you know when he well he kept trying to use it when he left, and then you know he fought Vince on it, and then managed to get like you know rights in perpetuity for the use of the character on WWF TV, and he got his royalties, which was a an interesting story. The Born Again stuff in ECW, I found that fascinating. Like I want to do oh. a whole... Deep cut on that. Like I found that I thought that was brilliant. I thought like as far as like going on the Indies and not just cashing in, which he did do a lot of, but like oh, yeah. actually trying to do something. And I say Indies, ECW. You know, I'm doing that as a service, but like you know, going out there and doing something that wasn't on the level of what the WBF was. I'm trying to you know ignite that creative spark and be an interesting character. Mm. I found that re- I found that fascinating. I really want to dig a, dig deeper on it. And I found all the family stuff fascinating as well. Like, the, you know, when it turned out that it was like his, his kids thought that it was his partner. He wasn't an overdose and it was his partner he was with who's responsible for him yeah. dying. And then she's on there defending himself and they go back to his daughter and her daughter's like, she's talking shit, she let him die. And then they're going over like the 911 call and the fact that she didn't make it till the morning. This sounds like gruesome stuff, it is, because it's Dark sides of the Ring. But it's fucking utterly compelling stuff. And I walked out like, I've sort a really good, interesting documentary where I learned some things, and then everybody uh, on the internet, on the Discord, told me yeah, Banno, but they left out this, 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 and this horrendous thing that he did in his life. And that's the problem. When you've got a man's family involved in it to this degree, helping with the documentary and giving their side, despite it being Dark Side of the Ring, and despite that stuff being extremely heavy, I think they were quite selective with what they allowed to make the final cut of this documentary, and if I didn't know that, I would have said this was an 8, 9 out of 10 episodes, and then I was like, oh, maybe it's more of a 6 or 7.
1: I'm probably not as high on you on it, but I think it's probably not knowing that much about Matt Bourne really kind of made it that bit more interesting. I have to say, generally on the whole, this has been a good season of Dark Side of the Ring. These are slightly like we're into lesser-known stories, but it's less wacky. And it is much more like the folk, like I thought they they did well with the Kang Dido episode on here as well. I mean, obviously they're finishing off with the Marty genetic episodes. Christ knows what they're not going to cover in that. Who can tell uh, with this one? But like I said, there's the problem with the hagiography of when you talk about like talk to the family and you think you've got the potential here to be so deferential to what they want, that actually you're not really telling the story. And, and uh, you know, I, I probably wasn't as, you know, I was more like, this has taken a twist when it came onto the stuff about, like, with his girlfriend and stuff like that. Oh, well, hello there. Sorry, I just decided to cut me out there. He told, no, I'm not having this Matt, Matt Bourne slander. I'll do that I'm, when I'm MLW MLW take you off. That's for video viewers. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'll be, well, that's your piss break. I'll be quick about the MLW stuff, I promise. Um, but yeah, it is, I suppose these are very much peas in a pod, these two documentaries as well, to go into the junkyard dog one as well, yeah. where there's, uh, there's the, Although the junkyard dog one, again, it felt like this stuff from that they've taken out. It felt like this is a much bigger career. And I suppose it's like you get a taste of it, but I suppose he's a much more interesting, I say much more interesting figure. He's a much bigger figure than Matt Bourne in wrestling history. And there's that point in time in Louisiana where he was massive in a territory system and but he couldn't wrestle, which is a fundamental flaw. In wrestling, really. <laughs> if all he can do is head butts and a dance on the apron, you kind of, you know, there's not a whole lot going to be else that's going on yeah, there. money was well. made
0: with that, though, you know. Oh, I, yeah. That's the lads in Mid-South.
1: Yeah, yeah, they did well. And again, these are the kind of stories you want on there. Because he is, like, he's that big, he's one of those big regional stars who ended up under Vince, who never made it. And that's partly, like, you kind of look at him and you look at his feet, he wasn't the tallest, but in that era of burly-chested che- burly fellas in Mid-South, he fits in perfectly. In the bodybuilder physique world of WWF, he's just an anachronism. He's something that belongs to the past. And so I remember in WrestleMania three um, for this, and I knew that it, obviously he'd gone off the rails. There was something about New Jack wanting to kill
0: him, which seems like a bit much <laughs> there. Yeah. Oh, has New Jack killed J.P.? Maybe. I um, think, as a, I suppose, a bit more formulaic,
1: isn't it? Sorry if I'm breaking up. For some reason, Chrome's going mental on me.
0: I I, I enjoyed it as a show. It, it definitely wasn't as, it was a well-trodden story, but I think the, the interesting stuff was that, that like, you know, there was this, you know, complete, because my knowledge of them, is one, seeing the WWF and later WCW version, which are just kind of sad versions of Junk Your Dog to get to see. um, And obviously you're seeing an even more limited, you know, man who's a pretty much a shell of himself by the time you get to the WCW stuff when you see him there. So I've seen that. And then the other exposure I had to was through Meltzer. And Meltzer constantly talking to him, calling him the Junk Food Dog which was a, a big take that he constantly... That and um, the Ultimate Warrior one, where he'd uh, they call him the uh, the Anabolic Warrior. They're, like, two of uh, Dave's famous uh, lines that he constantly have in The Observer. And that's pretty much what he was, um, to me. It was, like, he's a joke in, like, hardcore wrestling circles. And then when I saw him, it was, like, who's this legend? But I would say, like, having actually seen him here and seeing, like, him in his pomp, seeing how over he was, seeing how much money he made for, for Mid-South and how... Gigantic of like a mini celebrity, he was in that part of the world. Like it was genuinely impressive to see, and it was genuine. It was one of those things where you see him as a big star way more because you're seeing. Oh, that's what he meant to that area. Oh, that's why Bill mm. Watts was so fucking bitter when he left. You know, um, and I hundred percent believe you know both sides of the story in a way. I believe that Bill Watts was, you know, I think I believe he really did love him and was genuinely. Sad that he left, and genuinely sad that he was betrayed. But I also 100% hundred believe J.R.D. probably overheard him saying a slur about him, and he probably said them, you know, yeah. based on the shoot interviews he's done and other stories you heard about him, under his breath, you know, 30 times a day, and he probably wasn't a very nice bloke um, at all, you know, to, to say the very least. And I know J.R. is yeah. going to defend him as, uh, as much as he can, but... I still found it interesting to see that other side of it. Like, uh, I wouldn't paint it the way Dark Side of the Ring did, where, like, oh, Bill wasn't a racist because you really like JYD. I was like, no, Bill was a racist. Bill just also liked money. And then Bill found out that, oh, oh, it's like, it's like one of those, you know, you watch, like, a Channel 5 documentary and they make, like, people who hate immigrants live with an immigrant for a week. Like, it was like, that was like, oh... This is like, oh, he's a bloke like me, and he's he's actually really nice. And, oh, and then they, beca- they actually became friends. I think both things can be true. I think he's all he's still a monster, but he also, you know, did befriend JYD and genuinely was, you know, devastated when he left. It was – that part of it I actually found very interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, as well. I mean, and then, sorry for the technical thing. For some reason, my computer decides to go bananas. I mean, normally it does towards the end of the spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, I, that, that stuff is interesting and what he meant and his place in kind of like wrestling history and everything else. And it's it's mad how the downfall is so quick and quite sudden, yeah. isn't it? Because it is like WCW, he's a jobber and then he's kind of a mess, pretty yeah, not
0: much. off the just to make a bit of a wedge to literally go buy drugs, like, there and then. Like, you, you hear that? You hear, like, Teddy, He was Ted DiBiase's best man, wasn't he? Which shot me. Like, I didn't know <gasps> we were that close. And then Ted's like... Yeah, fight yeah. with Jim Duggan? Yeah, Jim Duggan. Was that Matt Bourne, actually? I'm confusing. That's Matt Bourne, is that... yeah. But... The, 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 it's Ted, Matt... Ted DiBiase is, like... When I saw him later, it's like it wasn't the same person. You know what I mean? I couldn't have reconnected them because he wasn't the same bloke there. Whereas you know, while he he a lot of money on drugs, like, like Chris just mentioned, in his pomp, he used to charge the the, the ladies a hundred bucks to have a night with him. You know, yeah. a million miles away from that world, That's the... and bring Tony Atlas with him.
1: I'm not sure I believe that, and then but say Tony all Atlas he's interested out. in is your feet, and he just went, "Well, of course." <laughs> I, I've never seen a man. Just revel in the fact that he's got a foot fetish more than Tony Atlas. Like, he, it's just like, right, okay, that's your thing.
0: In the 80s, Um, they were dripping in feet, mate. They were everywhere. Everywhere they went, water, -water they were Um, mega stars. (laughs) But it is. But it's bleak. Yeah, it is. And that's why it's dark side of the ring, you know. It is, you know, at the end of it, you still walk up with a bit of a, you know, real, like, bad taste in your mouth, don't you? Because it's, it is, it's a grimy, horrible business that eats and swallows people like this up. But. That's what this show is.
1: Mm. Like you said, it's dark side of the ring, not light and funny side of the ring, is it?
0: <laughs> That'd be a different show.
1: Like, um, it is. Wrestler retires, settles down, sets up a business, the end. Like That's not really an exciting narrative for us to follow, is it?
0: <laughs> no, no. But no, I thought back-to-back, a couple of good episodes, and yeah, yeah. look forward to uh, what's the coming. It feels like we're building on yeah. the uh, The Marty genetics crescendo. If, if we feel grubby now, JP, we're going to feel really fucking grubby after I... that episode, but...
1: Flash of the Beach 2000 won't exactly make us feel particularly clean, That's given true. the nature, and it'll and it feel like a very silly episode by, feel comparison. Wise, by comparison.
0: By comparison, a hundred Yeah, yeah like and colourful. looking forward to that
1: in a way. Bam Bam Bigelow on a personal level, because mm. when we did like Best Big Men, he is just like one of our favourite wrestlers. He's he's one of mine, oh, I'll
0: and come it out is a sad. To watch more Bam Bam again because he's another one yeah. who, like i know from wf and wcw and ecw obviously but you know there's all the J- japan stuff i could uh absolutely do with mine another uh, absolutely at some points but yeah we'll get there and um, but yeah before we go jp um i was gonna say uh openly anything else you've seen mate but i think i know what the uh the anything else is
1: well <laughs> i haven't seen all of it but mlw <laughs> was back this weekend with a with a two-hour special. So I think they were taping TV there as well. And he's an, he's an economical man, if nothing else, <laughs> um, with this. Fucking work, with in. ML. God, hey, God. I,
0: God. Oh, he
1: really is. Like So the big story out of this is, and I suppose the main event, and that's really the only place to kind of go to, which is Hammerstone, he has been champion for like near two years at this stage, and Alex Kane, who had done a very good job over time of building up It's Bommier Fight Club. He's got a charisma to him. He can cut a promo. And even though he doesn't necessarily look the part, because he's quite small, and Hammerstone dwarfed him, and I don't think Hammerstone's particularly tall either, it's suplex finishes. It's very Taz-related. And this crowd fucking loved him. They were chanting Bommier, and they might have been chanting even more when they found out who the Bommier Fight Club's big money backer is. A, what I'm assuming, like sat-in-a-seat hostage video-like thing, where... Don King turned up, or the ghost of Don King turned up, saying about, like, he is, Alex Kane's going to, is it? Uh, Bombay. he's behind them, and Alex Kane's going to be uh, the new MLW champion. And it's just him going, Bombay, Bombay, as if he's back in the room with the dictator of Zaire, Mobutu, when uh, he set up the uh, Rumble in the Jungle fight there as well. And they had that, but the whole crowd was chanting, Bomayé. And as a match, as a professional wrestling match, this was actually quite good from what I've seen of it. Like I'm I'm talking three, three and a half is what I'd probably go. It's long. They built up as a big match, but the crowd absolutely loved um, Alex Kane. They wanted him to win because Alex Hammerstein had that John Cena, heat, Mm. like he really did. And that was just cracking to see. And, there was a good few false finishes and the rest of it. He managed to kick it out of his like sort of pendulum finisher and, and the rest of it and everything else. And he won the title and clearly, you know, Alex Hammerstone, turn heel and the rest of it. And then about 40 people ran in the ring, all part of this Bombay fight. Club. And I thought, how many of them is caught actually paying? Um, maybe the big tall bloke who's, who's with him as well. to the wrestling Chikara. I think it was Blaster McMassive or something like that. Yeah. Like that, that bloke is there, but it was lively and the whole thing was sponsored. You know, I read out some of those betting odds and you're like, where the hell do we get it from? It's all like, oh, bet online. They were presenting themselves. They were the sponsor of this. They were everywhere. So it was great in a triple A doing ads for petrol type way. Bet online.
0: Oh, right, I don't okay.
1: know. And they had someone come out like it was the DraftKings advert going, who's going to win in the big title match? And I was like, I like this shonky DraftKings stuff. I
0: don't is know why. Like, though is it not like things? and what all those podcast ads where it's like it's, it makes yeah. the podcast sound like big time? But if you just go to like manscape.com slash podcast, literally anyone can sign up. I feel like that's all courts yeah. doing it. Yeah. Like make oh, that's all he's stuff. doing. It's like it's like the Don King thing. So while you were speaking, then I was just looking him up on Cameo because I was convinced. I saw this video. I was like. It literally look. It might as well have the Cameo logo in the corner. Like, court slipped him fifty dollars, and he's just saying whatever he wants to say. But saying that, I can't actually find him on Cameo. He's not there, um, and he's not in their uh, their list of uh, of uh, top Cameos. How old so. is Don King now? Oh, he must be uh, must be in his eighties, something like this. It's it's mad.
1: Born in nineteen thirty one. Wow. Okay. So, he is 91 at the minute. Wow. I don't know how people feel about wheeling a 91-year-old man out on, on pay-per-view. We didn't wheel doctor. him out on pay per 91 um, he is at the moment on there. <laughs> what percentage of the earnings is he taking from there? I'm assuming 100% if it's Don King.
0: Um, Michael Rappaport's two hundred dollars. So uh, I don't know if he'd be more or less than that. Like, like Andy Dix ninety-nine dollars, more. more or less than that. I'd say more than Andy Dick. You should be asking.
1: Uh, Maybe Julian Dix for a laugh, <laughs> but uh... Uh, William Hung. Last thirty
0: dollars. You know, could be more than that. Fred Stellar. Everyone was around. I'm there for it to know. No, it's just. I mean, it's gotten them loads of press. Like leave it, literally just googling the words Don King has brought up, like, Forbes. I know that gobshite writes their stuff, but, like, other more, like, credible, like, proper news outlets are covering this, like, proper sports outlets, because it's like, oh, Don King did the... Court Power making sure he uh you know makes use of that Rolodex he's got of uh, of contacts and uh, getting the getting the write ups getting the mainstream press. Will, will it actually mean anything? Probably not. Um, will it make anybody watch the uh, confusing as fuck weekly TV that could be from August, could be from twenty twenty one, could be from twenty seventeen, could feature Kojima? Um, you just don't know. <laughs> but <laughs> he does a lot with a little. Is uh, is the bit of credit I'll give. <clears throat>
1: It's it's wonderfully wacky. Like, and don't get me wrong, he's a problematic figure, is Don King. And there's a lot of stuff in his history with I was, all about Matt I didn't Bourne know before. Oh, oh he like, like, like Who, maps, who
0: no one no one canceled me, I didn't know. Who, who would have
1: guessed? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, here it is. I'm the man with the plan at Bomayé. Alex Kane, bring that MLW world heavyweight title back to me tonight. Bomayé, Bomayé. That was all he did. All he had to say. That might be all we ever see of him in MLW. Fair fucks for trying it. Uh, like, I will... the Admission on the attempt, And it worked. Is- that crowd popped massive when he won. It was massively over. And it felt like, okay, this is someone we really don't know anything about. Why not go with them? What they also announced was Matt Cardona's coming in, Kevin Blackwood's coming in as part of the draft. So I there's little things of
0: yeah, yeah. They got no, They got drafted in, didn't they? Um, that's they not, did. Yeah, they do things. So yeah. Is Dredd him on the list of uh, draft signings? He not come up now. Uh,
1: no. He should be.
0: Got <laughs> <laughs> um, Max Hammersmith or Blaster McJohnson or whatever to play him. I don't know. Maybe you can figure it out. Um, but there got go. There's your MLW updates. I was going to mention briefly SmackDown, but there isn't much to say. 40 minutes of, uh, of Bloodline uh, GCSE-level drama uh, opened the show. And I say that with a slight, but I did... Mostly enjoy it, just not for fucking 40 minutes. Um, turns out that uh, the Roman Reigns is still the tribal chief and uh, he faked out Jey Uso and then beat him up. What I will say about that SmackDown, some like breaking news that came in through while we were recording, JP. 2.561 million viewers it did and a .76 in the 1849, which is SmackDown's highest since uh, June the 2nd and the highest 1849 since Christmas Day 2020 when they had an NFL lead-in. That's insane numbers. Um, Matty said we didn't give her enough credit last time, mate. We said, did, I, did I not say on the weekend show? We can laugh at it. We can give Matty grief. Fucking draw so though, doesn't it? Uh, we don't have the quarter hours. But like, as much as I might say, the 40 minutes was way too fucking much. Especially on the show, JP, where they found no room to include the red hot LA night. Despite the UK show, they're in Madison Square Garden, their other hotbed didn't use the bloke. Like promotional malpractice at that point. But what you did get was 40 minutes of the bloodline on the show. Um,. And, uh, you know, for the most part, it was quite compelling. Um, they were fighting over the uh, the bloodline necklace, though, JP, not over the belt for some reason. That seemed to matter a lot more. It's almost like that's the what? focus of the... Oh, no, that all makes sense. It's the focus of the story. It just makes you wonder why the belt's even involved. But Matt,
1: Matty's not here to the is this break, where someone's? Know. Is this where someone's going to tell me the head of the table is really what's? I know.
0: That, yeah, no, seriously. Yard. No, seriously. That, that's Absolutely. Yeah. That was the, the verb you used. Screw the belt. That's what they do. No, totally. Which is... He threw the belt down at one point, I know it was part of the story, but like, story capital letters, but uh, I will I will say I continue to be right, as will Matty, but that's a massive, however where you cut yeah. it, like, imagine the somersault you do if AEW pulled numbers like that. I want to quote Chris,
1: quote Chris Morris on Brass Eye, it's a strong feelings kidney, whichever way you slice it, story or rubbish.
0: And there's just fact out our analysis for the week. <laughs> anything <laughs> else, JP? We, uh, we covered it? No. Been into a lot of... Mate, practice, we've we covered,
1: covered the world. world of wrestling tonight. Yeah. We really have.
0: How many you cover and Mexico? This... Any AAA thoughts? Anyone to throw in?
1: Oh, Rocky Romero is in... I don't know. don't know what's good. CMLL apparently is good these days. They're the out show, but they sell out most of their shows, it seems to me. Yeah. seems to be good. But they have about four matches announced, and it's just like... God, but, um, yeah, maybe at some point. Not this, not this week, though.
0: Well, if you want the extended edition of uh, this show, we're there, we're going to do a, a quick uh, post show, probably be a quick one as I'm uh, uh, flagging after my uh, You're uh, yesterday. But you'll get the uh, the pre show as well, uh, where me and Matty told more Wigan Wigan tales. Um, you can get on the uh, on the extended edition um, as well as uh, there was a lot of sports chat on the pre show this week as well. If uh, that you, that you floats your boat, um, again of all areas, so you can enjoy that too. And obviously, yeah, coming up where uh, we got our weekend show on Friday, we'll do a full preview of the uh, of the G one. Everything else going on this weekend. It's a slam weekend, JP, so it'll be a...
1: Aversary weekend.
0: Triple A on Saturday as well. It'll
1: be a Steve Macklin, replaced by Dina.
0: Yeah, put it I'm in the update right. today. Yeah. I was
1: going to say, you know, you did it for that. I'm Sad. good on Macklin. Good.
0: Yeah, but yeah, go. There, you know, there's, there's your Mexico reference. Kenny Omega's uh, facing Vachingo, isn't he? This weekend at mm. the here. so we'll be previewing that. And then yeah, on top of that, if you haven't listened to it already, our top five video game slash top five heels oh. conversation is uh, is out there in a, in bumper double edition form. And yeah, this weekend we'll be recording the uh, Dave Bautista um, cl- uh, editor's uh, decision. The U is involved as an um and we'll be covering a uh, final score and. Yeah a to-be-determined, voted-on-by-patrons second film as well. So look forward to all of that going on at Grapple Patreon. That's pretty much
1: it, isn't it? It's all absolutely perfect. Yeah. yeah, Yeah, Can't argue with that. Patreon.com forward slash grapple. Loads of stuff coming up on there. Behind me for the video views, you can see the stuff up on
0: there one well. <laughs> there you go and yeah obviously yeah uh, if you're on the uh, the free feed uh, we'll be back with uh, with yes. spotlight next week uh, subscribe to our YouTube there'll be a little video clips of uh the other stuff that we're uh, we're getting onto to uh, this week but other than that that's it for another week of spotlight we'll catch you all again next week patrons we will see you in the week and yeah, other than that take care folks bye dick, dick, diggity, dick, diggity uh, <laughs> uh, dig dig diggity, dig it, dig dig diggity, dig 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 dig